try that again. Welcome in, everybody. Everybody just saw me, Tommy, yapping my lips and not moving the screen. Uh, or is on the screen, not hearing me. Welcome into Hoopsville on this Sunday evening, everybody. Welcome in, and thank you for taking the time to join us. I am your host, Dave McHugh, as we are here on December the 16th on this Sunday evening, as we are up and running near the end of the first semester of the Division Three season. We're about six weeks in, believe it or not, Thursday's show. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Thursday's show will mark the six-week point of the season. If you got questions for us, you know how to get a hold of us. Tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, we are simulcasting the show there on Facebook. And tonight, for the first time, we are simulcasting the show on Periscope. We have never done it on Periscope. So first and foremost, hello, everybody in Periscope world. We are getting used to it, diving into it, not sure how it's going to work out. We will uh, experiment as we go along. We got a bunch of chat rooms running, we hope. So we'll hopefully answer some of your questions the best we can. Uh, and again, if you got questions for us, fire away. Got some interesting topics to talk about this evening. First off, the topic of the show is under the radar. The premise there is, and we'll do this a little bit um, this show and probably Thursday's show as well, It's it's we're at that point in the season where the first semester is coming to a close, we're heading into the holidays when teams are playing or not playing, but there's some teams who maybe haven't gotten some attention because, one, some of us might be going, okay, are, are they for real? I mean, are they really for real? Are they really, really, really for real? While other times, they may have just slipped past us. So we are keeping an eye on all of that, trying to keep an, you know, an understanding of what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a little bit of an under-the-radar show. Not everybody may be considered directly under the radar, for sure. Um, but I think we've got enough that it, it, it warrants the conversation, as it were. Steve Schauer, welcome to the program uh, there on Facebook. So lots to discuss. And the two programs, especially under the, under the radar, as it were, tonight would be uh, New England men's basketball, Manhattanville women's basketball. Two programs we probably haven't talked a lot about over the years. I know we've talked about New England a little bit. Uh, they're not only winning; they've only suffered one loss. It was it was a pretty significant loss to Middlebury, but every other opponent they have absolutely dominated. So I'm curious what's going on with the Pilgrims. So we'll talk to NEC's head coach Charlie Mason coming up about his program and what he expects in his conference and and. What it's like to be losing members. I think the NECC is quietly in a bit of a bind here. Just news the other day, Newbury College has decided to close its doors. Remember, last year it was Mount Ida. Now Newbury has announced they will be closing their doors at the end of the season. And so it's a little bit of concern. We'll talk to him about that, see what, it, what his thoughts are on it. What is the overall concern in the area? What do people, are people worried? We'll talk to him all about that and see what he has, but mainly talk about his team. Uh, Manhattanville women, the Valiants are off to the program best ever, 8-0 start. What does that all mean? Now, they're in a conference that features DeSales women's basketball, who seems to be a darn good team this year. 
uh, along with some other good squads. Remember, FDU Florham has kind of been the the darling, I guess. I don't know if darling's the right word, but certainly the team that's been leading the conference the last few years. Not expected to this year with not only the change of coach there, but losing a lot of members. So can Manhattanville fill a void, maybe? Well, we'll talk to them. By the way, they've got an interesting challenge ahead of them, um, as does New England College, in their games coming up this holiday. Then we'll talk to Oglethorpe women's basketball coach uh, Alex Ritchie. Oglethorpe may not be technically under the radar. They're getting votes in the top 25 if, if uh, unofficially the second team, the second most votes of the teams not in the top 25. Um, we'll talk to Alex about the season. Their lone losses to what is proving to be a very good Mary Harden Baylor team. By the way, tip the hat to the crew for winning Stag Bowl 46. Uh, over Mount Union, second title in three years. Uh, but back to the point. Uh, lost to them did Oglethorpe, and ahead of them comes Hope and Calvin at Oglethorpe on the black floor this uh, week. So an interesting situation there for the Stormy Pe- Stormy, Stormy Petrels. We'll talk to uh, Coach Ritchie about all of that. I, fascinating stories, to say the least. And then you've gotten used to the top 25 double take, or at least I hope you have, here with Ryan Scott on the show joining me. We'll bring in Bob Quillman as well. The three of us will do a little buy and sell, also talk about teams that have maybe jumped out at us in the first six weeks of the men's season. We'll do a little buy and sell uh, and whatever else strikes our fancy. Interesting games in the CCIW over the weekend. Uh, Illinois Wesleyan lost its third straight a home game to Carroll. I'll say this for the record. I do not like the color of the gray uniforms uh, for IW. I, there's something about them I just don't like. Uh, yes, I'm colorblind, but gray doesn't tend to be a factor there. Uh, anyway, um, we'll see how that all works out um, for IWU because the loss to Carroll, I think, is significant. That's now three losses in a row. The first of that run was to uh, Wheaton and Augustana, and I think a lot of voters went, okay, sure. I mean, I, I didn't kill Illinois Wesley, and I ended up leaving them ninth in my top 25. Yeah, maybe a little bit high, but I felt better about them than some teams below them. I'm probably removing them from the top 25 now. Losing to Carroll is a third straight. It was at home. You shouldn't be losing to Carroll if you're going to be playing at the top of this conference, and I understand the CCIW is tough, but come on. Uh, I may pull them out of the rankings altogether. I, I think the Titans may, as good as they are, and as good as their guard is in Rose, Augustana's better. Wheaton is proving to probably be better, though they have a loss to North Park, which may be equal to the loss to Carroll. Um, I have Wheaton in my top 25, but I think Wheaton's playing better. Wheaton and North Central had a good game that unfortunately ended on a horrible note. Um we uh North Central having well, I think it last name's Chang, and I apologize, I just don't have it memorized. Um, had a horrible injury, completely freak injury with about, oh, what, about a minute 13 left in that game, I think? Um, he landed awkwardly. It reminded me a little bit of the uh, Louisville injury back in 2013. Um, it was that shin bone, unfortunately, that broke. Both teams very emotional about it since both teams saw it. You could see uh, on the video the reaction of the Wheaton players who were definitely sh- shaken up by the play. Anyway, my the point being, there was about a 20-minute delay while they both training staffs tended to them, tended to him. And then both teams traded shot clock violations, decided not to continue the game. 
Um, hats off to both teams for that sportsmanship. Uh, and basically what, you know, you could have continued fighting it out there. They chose not to. I, I, I certainly appreciated that. Oh, oop, I got to put my glasses back on. It's a glasses night. Uh, I see comments. I'll get to them in a minute. I wanted to point out I'm wearing a Goucher Gopher jersey or shirt. You'll see me wear this every once in a while. It's my it's my alumni. I mean, in my alma mater, obviously. Uh, but as a proud alum, and listen, folks, we're not talking top 25 here. The programs have been in have been struggling for a number of years. It's it's unfortunate. Uh, but great moment uh, for both programs yesterday. They won as part of a doubleheader at home. Uh, the men beat Cairn as the second game in a really good competitive game. I actually like Cairn um, for what I knew they would be coming in. Um, they got a really good player in number 34, which, of course, I blank right as I go to mention his name. Um, Malachi Hall, uh, that's what his name was. I really like his style of play, though. They never got him the ball in the second half. Anyway, my b- bigger point was the men won. They're now 3-0 and at home in the only three games they played at home. Uh, really been impressed. Uh, they play Stevenson Tuesday. Well, that'll be a good test as well. The women beat Rutgers Newark uh, prior to that game. Uh, hats off to both programs. So I decided to wear a Goucher uh, polo tonight um, just because I can. Uh, Jay Cozen writes, good evening, Dave. Hunkering down for a great show made even greater by watching the Dallas Cowboys lay a goose egg to Indy this afternoon. I'll take your word for it. Uh, I haven't been watching that much football. My son plays basketball on Sundays. That's his games. The Catholic league that he belongs to, the school he's in, is a Catholic school. And, uh, and uh, they play games on Sundays. If anyone can figure out that irony, let me know. Uh, Mark uh, Carini says, hey, Dave, uh, Guilford Lady's dad here, uh, heading back from a five-point loss to Oglethorpe. Hey, Mark, well, this will be appropriate that we're talking to Oglethorpe tonight. Um, yeah, tough, tough loss. I'm sure Guilford's women's program has certainly been a, a very good program in the last few years. So taking it to Oglethorpe there, very impressive. Uh, I will say that I will say for sure. Um, when Rutgers gets it going this year for the, well, hold on. Pat writes, hope you and D3 nation get a chance to see Loris's Josh Ruggles documentary. Incredible story. When Ruggles Ruggles gets it going this year for the Duhawks, look out. Uh, Pat, I've seen the documentary. I've not had the opportunity. I hope to watch it. Uh, we know the Ruggles story pretty well, though I heard the documentary was pretty solid. We'll try and show it at some point in time, to be sure. We certainly know about him. We put him on our preseason. Um, um, oh, thank you, Ryan Scott. Reminds me, Minot was not in the NECC. Wheelock was in the NECC. Sorry, there's been a number of closures up in New England, and I just kind of mashed uh, Wheelock and, and Mount Ida together in that one. So thank you, Ryan, for pointing that mistake out to me. Um, good point. Um, back to the Ruggles story. We, we put him on our preseason to, um, All-America all list. We certainly know how good he is. Uh, he is a good player. We'll definitely keep an eye on him, to say the least. Um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if I thought I saw another message, but apparently I missed it. So not the end of the world. Uh, so again, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Periscope's apparently working because we had Pat there chatting with us, and I certainly appreciate it. You should uh, add hold to the mix. Rochester is probably... Oh, hold on. I guess I, I don't think that's related to the show. Um, okay, I don't... Oh, Hold. I don't know. I don't think Rochester. No, we don't. We don't add because Jason's talking about the buy and sell segment. We're, we're not adding hold to the show. It's buy or sell. Uh, Rutgers was a hold last week. Maybe 
Um, I don't think Rochester's as great as everybody else thinks. I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think they're great. There's a big difference there, folks. Big, big difference. Um, all right. So let's talk about how the top 25s went. Remember, tomorrow we got our last vote before the new year. I'm not sure when the next vote comes out. I do know we're in a bit of a quandary here uh, because... If we vote tomorrow and we don't vote until you would traditionally vote, which would be January 7th, we would go three weeks between polls. That's a long time. There's an outside chance we get a midweek vote in early January, say the second, maybe the third, um, before we get back to the swing of things on the 7th. Uh, I hope we don't go three weeks. But anyway, we're voting tomorrow. Uh, or tonight and tomorrow. Here's what it looks like on the men's side. A lot of teams were idle. We talked about that on Thursday. Stevens Point lost to St. Thomas, 73-57. Listen, I know St. Thomas is good. Are they top 25 good? I don't know. What happened to St. Stevens Point? I don't know. Uh, I tried to watch it. Couldn't see much of the game as, as I had hoped. I'm hoping maybe I can go back and watch it. Game was played at St. Thomas, which always bodes well for the Tommies. And... We're talking about two of the more prominent or, or best coaches in the nation in in Tower at, at St. Thomas and and um, and Semling at Stevens Point. I suspect, and you look at the box score and some other things there, it just might have been Thomas's night and wasn't Stevens Point's night. This is that time of year with finals. You can get distracted. These can be dangerous times, as we've talked about with some other coaches. So I'm not putting a lot of stock into the, oh, my gosh, it was 16 points. Oh my gosh, Stevens Point almost won by fifth, you know, almost put up, only put up 57. But that's a significant win for St. Thomas. We can talk about the overreaction maybe here. St. Thomas jumps into the top 25. They were getting three total votes. We'll see how the voters choose to read into that. Uh, Rochester lost to Ithaca, 85-70. So again, to the Twitter comment, John saying, you know, maybe put a hold on on the buy and sell. Uh, Rochester hasn't played since, so how do we know whether to buy or sell? Illinois Wesleyan, we mentioned losing to Carroll. That's it for the top 25 in terms of losses on the on the men's side. Those receiving votes, Wheaton lost to North Central, 69-59. We talked about that. Platteville had a rough week, lost twice. Not only did Wheaton get them, as we talked about Thursday, but Hope got them 78-71. They're now 5-4. and four. We will see the Pioneers in Vegas at the D3Hoops.com Classic. I'm curious, because I thought Platteville was going to be good this year. And they're proving to not be as good as maybe I expected. I don't know if I've misread them or something's off. Uh, Endicott, who was receiving two votes, lost to Salem State, 94-91. I suspect those two votes, which is probably one voter putting him in the 24 slot, will come to an end. On the women's side, we got to talk about the game of the weekend. Thomas Moore versus Hope. Thomas Moore ran Hope off its own floor. 81-61, and I'd argue it may not have been that close. Uh, Thomas Moore is good, people, plain and simple. We had a question from um, our favorite Hope fan, Andrew, last show. Could Hope move into number one? I think, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. St. Thomas Moore was sitting in fourth, and Thomas Moore was, I'm doing a quick math, uh, 56 points behind Bowden. There's a chance... Thomas Moore leaps into number one. And the reason I say that is that what they have been doing this season, despite the travel, 
has been incredible. And Temple Madison, who we have on the show Thursday, has been incredible, and so has her teammates. You talk about the influence that Sidney Moss had for this Thomas More squad. You might argue Temple Madison is having a, at least equal the inf- impact on this squad, at least this year. That win was significant. That's after they dismantled number 19, Baldwin Wallace, by the way, did Thomas More, 80-56 to 56 the night before. Uh, they get a couple days off, but they're flying to Florida in the meantime. I suspect they're driving back to Marietta or uh, back to uh, Kentucky, getting their stuff, and then flying to Florida. And then remember, there is an early January weekend to keep an eye on. Mary Harden Baylor and East Texas Baptist are the opponents, and that is going to be a good weekend for Thomas Moore. Here's the odd one. Do they jump into first place or number one in the rankings at some point in time? And I'd argue, I think at this point, you can start making the argument they deserve to be number one. If they do, and then they go into that stretch where they play about five games in six weeks, how do they stay number one? And that's not a knock on them. It's just that everybody else is playing, and they're not, and it's hard to then keep that gauge up and running. Um, Really impressive game. I'm looking forward to go back and watching it as I only caught bits and pieces of it initially, but really impressive game out of Thomas Moore. Um, Jay says, go Grimms. I'll take your word for it. Go Grimms. So there you go. Lots. So we're, we're at that point now where we start reevaluating what jumps out at you. Now, tonight we'll do the buy and sell on the men's side. Thursday's show, we will do buy and sell with Gordon Mann. It'll be pre-taped as we will be doing Thursday's show in the mid-afternoon. There's two reasons for that. One, we like to get into the holiday spirit of everyone going home early. (laughs) So why have a Thursday show if we can have a little fun and talk about going out of town on a Thursday afternoon after the show? That, two, people may be traveling. We want to entertain you on a Thursday afternoon. We hope you'll tune in maybe live during your travels or whatever you're doing on Thursday when no one's really paying attention anymore. Uh, to their work or whatever the case may be. So hopefully you'll turn it on Thursday. The other reason is I get another extra night with my uh, family ahead of the holidays, and I'm trying to enjoy that since I have a little bit looser holiday schedule this year. So Thursday will be on the air at 2 o'clock Eastern time for two hours, 2 until 4. Gordon Mann will be part of that. We will do buy and sell with Gordon. We'll get his first reaction, his reactions to the first six weeks on the women's side, uh, much like we do tonight with uh, Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott. So just to be fair, I wanted you all to know that that, that we are going to do the women's side because I think the women's side has a wealth of interesting stories going on outside of just Thomas Moore um, across the board. Scranton is quietly undefeated still at six at 9-0 in the sixth spot. Messiah has already played 12 games. I think there's some interesting stories on the women's side that we're just not able to get around to. So hopefully we'll talk to to uh, Gordon. Well, we will talk to Gordon ahead of time for that show. So there you go. That is our slate for tonight. If you got questions, please uh, let us know. We would be happy to try and answer them. Uh, Oh, my old friend, Becca Grinwald Roberts. Hey, Becca. Welcome to the program. Ryan Scott. Hey, Jess, Jess Miner may be watching. Hello. Some friends of mine, folks. I hope you're all enjoying it. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. So, again, if you want to talk to us, tweet us at D3Hoopsill or hashtag Hoopsill. Email us, Hoopsill at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsill. We're also on Periscope. So, again, hashtag Hoopsill or chat through Periscope or whatever the case may be. 
We'd love to hear from you. We figured we'd diversify a little bit, see if we could run a stream on Periscope for two hours, see if people would tune in. Who knows? We figured we'd give it a shot. So there you go. Um, so we're going to take a break. Our first guest out of the block, we're going to go up to New England, talk men's basketball with New England College men's basketball coach Charlie Mason. I'm fascinated with New England this season. It seems like they've got one of those teams that just kind of makes you think, if that makes any sense. Uh, I'm very curious as to what they're doing because they're blowing teams out. No, they're not playing a who's who list schedule-wise, but they're playing pretty well. I'm kind of intrigued by them, so we'll talk to them coming up. Also, don't forget Manhattanville women will be on, record-breaking start to their season, and we'll talk Oglethorpe women who have Hope and Calman coming to town, maybe a pissed-off Hope women's team, to be blunt. Um, and then we'll do buy and sell and, um, and recap the first six weeks with Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott to round out the show. And we'll answer your questions the best we can. Uh, again, back to the stag ball hats off to uh, the crew for their big win over Mount union, uh, in a pretty competitive game. I know how it turned out, uh, but I haven't watched all of it. It's on the DVR. I'm actually working my way through again, decided to spend some time with the family. Didn't think they all wanted me watching a football game on a Friday night. Uh, so I didn't, um, but hats off to them and, uh, hats off to our Salem crew. Uh, they actually got together. Everybody who normally runs things for that game got together at the civic center, had some drinks and food and hung out, had a good time watching the game. And apparently some fans in Salem got together in the parking lot and had a couple of different, a couple different groups got together and had some tailgates while the game went on. Really impressive to say the least. Uh, so ha as I said in a quote, you can take the stag bowl out of Salem, but you can't take Salem out of the stag bowl. Congratulations to all of them. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk New England men's basketball. You're watching Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. More Hoopsville after this. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I play because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprinson. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us to be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. 
from eastern to occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this Sunday evening, the 16th of December. Just a reminder, the last uh, show before the holiday break, before we're busy, obviously with the D3Hoops.com Classic as well, will be on Thursday at 2 o'clock Eastern time. It will be a midday show, um, so tune in for that, uh, just to kind of get out of Dodge and enjoy the holidays with the family type mentality there. So hope you enjoy it. Hope you're also enjoying this. We're uh, streaming the show uh, not only through our traditional YouTube channel, but obviously the Facebook Live simulcast like we always do, but also on Periscope. So we hope you're enjoying the show on Periscope as well. It's our first time doing it, so bear with us if there's any technical glitches. So let's get into our conversations. We'll start on the men's side with the New England College Pilgrims. They are 7-1 and one this season. They are 2-0 and oh in the... Uh, uh, Let's see. Where are they? NAC, correct? I think I tagged NEC. Oh, who knows what I'm doing these days? Anyway, my point being, they are uh, 2-0 and um, in the NECC and doing well. They uh, have wins that may not jump out at you, but the wind margins jumped out at me. Granted, they also had a loss to Middlebury, uh, which they would love to have back. Um, 97-68. But they've got an interesting set of games coming up in Fort Lauderdale. They'll take on two American River Conference teams in Wartburg and Simpson. So we get to learn a little bit about them then, but I wanted to learn a little bit about them now. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of the Pilgrims. It is Charlie Mason. And Coach, thanks for taking the time, sir. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. I, I, I really do appreciate you coming on. First and foremost, you know, again, seven and one, really good start. You're going to be probably the first one to admit, along with me, we're not playing world beaters here, but you're beating the heck out of all these teams, too. You've got to be pretty pleased with the start. We're excited where we are right now. You know, Dave, winning's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we sometimes overlook that. So, and having said that, we're not where we want to be yet either. I I don't know many coaches who will say they're ever where they really want to be, and I could be talking to one at the Final Four. Um, It always seems like teams want to improve, even when it seems like they're playing really good. You've now played, what, almost six weeks of basketball with this squad. What do you hope can be improved in in the break coming ahead or or in Fort Fort Lauderdale especially? Uh, Again, I, I think trying to get our players to play with each other. You know, we've got uh, we've got four starters from from a year ago, but we're also leaning on a lot of guys who 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 are in their first year with New England College, so trying to incorporate them and 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 having us play as a cohesive group. Well, that's always uh, a good start, but th- when you see these winning margins, it's maybe a little bit deceptive. Uh, Plymouth State ninety two seventy six, Northern Vermont Linden one hundred three fifty five, Northern Vermont Johnson seventy three thirty three, Riviera one hundred seven sixty three, Dean eighty two fifty seven, Newbury ninety five eighty two, Colby Sawyer ninety five sixty six. <laughs> Those are huge margins. Is it maybe tough to say to your team, hey, we got to play better when we're destroying an opponent at the same time? You know, I think it works both ways. I mean, we also have to mention the Middlebury game. Oh yeah, which was also one. Going to come back. <laughs> yeah, no, we 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 don't lose sight of that one either. Sure. So, well, um, that, there's a balance. Well, I was going to say was 
the other tool to your your toolkit probably is, oh, by the way, we played Middlebury, and that wasn't close either. That's a good reminder to some degree. But what did Middlebury maybe help you guys learn and accomplish outside of, you know, we need to play better? Was it was it also maybe a gut check the team kind of needed to have? Definitely. I, I, again, Middlebury's uh, was a top is a top twenty five program, and you know, playing against a team like that early on for us is a great experience. And I think the way they played that night together as a group was a terrific learning experience for us. You've got a relatively young team. You've got two seniors on the squad, a mess of juniors and a whole mess of freshmen. How much um, do you lean on the upperclassmen, and how much has the season already started to lean on the underclassmen? Honestly, it's it's a combination of both. We play 10, 11, 12 guys a game. So we're we're able to to get experience to a lot of different guys. Having said that, you know, we returned four starters from last year's championship team, and we we lean on those guys as we do with the other returners um, back from from that experience. So uh, it it really is a combination. Um, And I don't know if it's about experience as much as it's playing together. That's uh, most important for us right now. Sure. Uh, you're led by a senior, uh, Ricky Leonard, leading the team at 16.5 points a game. But you got four guys in double figures and two more scoring nine points a game for a squad that's scoring nearly 90 points overall. Somewhat balanced, it feels. Definitely. Uh, again, Ricky's had a, a terrific career at New England College, and it, uh, both him and Jason Jones, two seniors, have been significant pieces to what we do. Um, but again, having... We we have a lot of different people who contribute, and that makes I, I think makes us um, who we are. When you go into practice after a big game, what do you guys what, what a big win I should say, not a big game, but a big win uh, where you've got that point differential. What's the message to the because obviously you've broken down the video six ways to Sunday. You know what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. Do you have to start off with the harsh stuff, or do you want to start off with the good stuff and work your way back into the, the harder stuff? I think being honest about where we are and where we want to be. Again, I, I, I like as you indicated earlier, every other coach, it, it's the message is consistent with our staff. We're, we're, we're in process. It, there's a process involved in everything you do, and and that's no different when you, you hit the hardwood. What is the secret then this year? I mean, you're going into – if I'm reading this right, and, and forgive me because I've New England's conference changes I've completely lost my mind with um, because I've also got football and everything else going on. You're in the NECC this year, right? Correct. Okay. We and, were in the, the North Atlantic Conference last year, and right. now we're in the NECC Right, and you were year. in the Triple C back and leaving them after the 2011 season. So that's why I'm, I'm trying to make sure I've got the right acronym for you guys and where you are. What are you expecting out of the NECC this year? You're two games in with wins over um, uh, Newbury and – oh, where is the other game? Dean. Dean, thank you. Uh, just not marked where yes. I thought it was. So you've gotten two wins to get going, but what are you expecting out of the NECC, and how is it different, you think, than what was going on in the NAC? Uh, honestly, we're still trying to figure that out, out ourselves. Again, we put a, a majority of the teams in the, in the NECC we did not play last year right, and have not played. So this is, 
uh, a new experience for us. I, I think, again, the, the NAC was a, a terrific experience for us as well. And uh, right now, I, I think we're we're trying to focus on just the, the next game in, in front of us. Sure. And that would be Warburg right now. Yeah, I was going to get to that for sure. Um, let's go there now. You travel to sunny and beautiful Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I feel horrible for you. Uh, I know it's going to be a really tough trip weather-wise for you guys. Um, total sarcasm. What are you expecting from two ARC teams that you don't know from anybody else at this point in time? Two teams that have certainly played well in the last few years. Is this another one kind of like Middlebury that's a good opportunity for your team to, to be a little more battle-tested? Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're trying to challenge our, our guys and our program and, and trying to step forward. And, uh, and those two programs are quality programs. So this is a great experience for our, our student-athletes having an opportunity to go out of region and, and play two really good programs. You started to break down what you expect out of Wartburg yet? I, I think Wartburg, uh, just looking at the numbers and the tape I've seen, I mean, they're, they're a very disciplined team. And they're, they're extremely efficient on the offensive end and a, and a half-court setting. And they're going to create some real, real challenges for us because of what they do. And are you daring to look – I mean, you know you're playing Simpson. Have you dared to even look ahead to that second game yet? I, honestly, I, the focus is Wartburg right yeah. now, but I, I know both teams are, are very competitive. In fact, they played earlier this, this season right. in a very, very competitive game. Yeah, already played so. out that in the ARC. Um, what is the usual game plan for travel here? Yeah, obviously, it's before Christmas. Um, how do you guys kind of gear up? What's the plan? How do you how do you head to Florida? If that makes any sense. Honestly, much like our conference, our new conference is a new experience for us. We've never gone south before, so this is this is a, a baptism by fire. Really? Um, so we're good. Where will you fly out of? Boston. Okay, you will fly out of Boston. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, you guys, any, any? Do you? Do you? Is it all business, or will you try to at least enjoy where you're going? Um, you know, see sights, if if that makes any sense. Maybe go dip your toes in the water. Dave, I'm looking outside our window right now, and there's a lot of snow in New Hampshire. So it's 36 <laughs> degrees. Um, we're not going to keep them in the hotel all day. I, I can promise you that. Whether you want to or not, right? <laughs> exactly. I, we're, we're really fortunate. Our our uh, what, our graduate assistant, J. Juan Martin, is actually from Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay. So we, yeah, we, we feel very fortunate because we've, we, we've got a, a, a guy on the inside, so to speak. Yeah, that's true. Well. You have an advantage here that this is before Christmas, and so you can then let the team go after that. They can enjoy the holidays. They don't come back until after New England or New New Year's. I mean, for games. I don't know when you're bringing them back technically, but I just mean you get the break a little bit after. Do you, I know it's your first time kind of doing this, but is that maybe helpful to some degree? You can keep them focused until letting them go versus trying to refocus them afterward. Absolutely. I, I, again, we've we've uh, we played again last. Uh, last week or this past week against Colby Sawyer and we, we get two more games this week and we won't come back until January 1st. By the way, when uh, was finals for them? We, we wrapped up last week. Okay. So it, 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 uh, the, the past week was um, very intense for us. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Um, news earlier this week came out that Newbury, who, who, who you just played, 95-82 in one of your closer games, is decided to close up shop, as it were, at the end of the year. 
one of a third school in New England in the last year or two um, with rumors and, and worries of others in the future as well. What, from a coaching point of view, what's, what's your reaction to things like that? I think being grateful for what we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I know Coach Fozzie from Newberry, and uh, I, I don't know, um, you know, again, there, there are situations you can't control. Yeah. But, but they have a quality program and, and a quality coach, and I, you know, I, I feel terrible about the hand that they've been dealt. Sure. And at the same time, I, I think, you know, that gives a lot of perspective in terms of what we have and, and frankly, what we have to be grateful for put you on the spot a little bit but does it ever make you kind of look over your shoulder a little bit and wonder okay how are we doing here well i i think in higher education right now we're uh, the small private liberal arts schools are tuition driven yes so it'd be naive to say that you know that the things you know that there aren't things like that out there but uh, i think at the same time um you know focusing on the day versus counting the days is is more important yeah, fair point. Uh, the other one, at what point does it go through your head, oh, I I need to go find two more opponents? Honestly, that, that just happened. So that, that hasn't been something we've really given any thought at this point. I just I just threw that at you, and you just yeah. probably realized it, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, honestly, it's, um, again, I, I, I'd say it one more time. I feel terrible for Newberry yeah. College, for Coach Fozzie, for, the, for their kids. I mean, that's not – no one wants to be put in that situation. Yeah. And that it, again, this is a day and age where those circumstances that you indicated already have become too familiar I for agree. higher education. Yeah. And I, I, sadly, I don't think we're, we're, we're at the peak, unfortunately, but uh, that's a topic for, uh, that's a deep dive for another day, I guess is a better way of saying it. Um, let's go back to your team. Uh, you'll get back into conference play with Elms on the fifth. Um, what, do you need to lean on the fr- on the seniors here? Or do you think this underclassman group is going to have a way of, of kind of, of lifting the seniors a little bit as well? I, I think our group, uh, in terms of a collective group, is, is done really well. Having said that, I, I think the leadership that we've received from our upperclassmen ha- has had an integral part with the, the start of the start we've had. So uh, again, it's uh, th- th- we have a lot of things going for us. Um, you know, talking about leaning on people. I think of, uh, you know, Coach Malcolm Wynn, who's an associate head coach, mm-hmm. you know, Coach Coach Martin, our graduate assistant, and, and the support that they've given for our students. We, we're really in a good place. I'd be remiss as a New England, kind of a New England guy uh, and a snow lover not to go back to the point you made of snow outside your window. How much snow is uh, flying in uh, Hanukkah right now? Well, you know what? It's funny you'd say that. I, uh, my thought would be ask me no questions, I'll tell you no lies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, yeah. Never as good as it seems, or nor as bad as it appears. But Fair. I'm not gonna lie to you, Dave. We're we're looking forward to going to Florida. <laughs> um, now it's 36 degrees right now, and that's um, the worst. Yeah, so, that makes the snow but, lousy, doesn't it? it? I'm an indoor coach, so I'm I'm not a skier. I don't spend a lot oh, of time no. out in the winter. Uh, I I like being in the gym, so. <laughs> It can snow as much as it wants. Uh, we we have a controlled environment in Bridges Gym, so we're in a good place. <laughs> I was going to say, how in the world can you not be a skier up there in in uh, just west of Concord? You're you're on the doorsteps of the greens. Uh, it's got to be hard not to be a skier. Or do you just enjoy that? Uh, you know what? I 
I'm 51 years old, and I've never worked a day in my life, and oh. I've spent a lot of time in that gym. So I, 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 you know, I'm pretty happy where I am. Very nice. I, uh, I went to summer camp just uh, north of your neck of the woods. I think it was north. Somewhere in that neck, somewhere in that area, I went to summer camp, uh, Pemijawasset. I don't remember where it is in comparison to where you guys are, but love that part of the country. Beautiful part. So, uh, Coach, thanks for taking the time and joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, we always have a tradition on this show. We give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? I just want to thank you again for the opportunity uh, for being part of your show tonight. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, tremendous start. Love uh, uh, watching what you guys have put together so far. Have fun in Fort Lauderdale, even if it doesn't have to do anything with the games. And uh, we'll look forward to keeping an eye on the Pilgrims the rest of the season. Thank you, sir. You have a great evening. You do the same. Charlie Mason joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Nice to chat with him. Uh, again, 7-1, and one, dominating games and wins. Yeah, a tough loss by 31 to Middlebury. They got some good tests coming up against Wart- Wartburg and Simpson. In Fort Lauderdale, and clearly there'll be more than basketball taking place in Fort Lauderdale, and and they should. Enjoy the weather down there. It's a beautiful part of the state. When we come back, we'll talk about another team who is playing well, and by the way, the weather is affecting them as well. Manhattanville is supposed to have a game tomorrow. It was postponed several days ago because of said weather. We'll talk to the women's coach of the Valiants coming up about their 8-0 start and what they've got ahead of them as well, Uh, which, by the way, includes... Um, my alma mater. We'll see if we can talk to her about that. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll be back. Oh, no. Sorry. It looks like uh, our Wirecast for the first time in forever has frozen. We had gone weeks without any issues, and we finally have it. Oh, I am heartbroken, people. Oh, I am beyond beyond heartbroken this might mean for you youtubers or whoever out there we may not be able to get back up on the channel we want we are gonna i'm gonna stall for time basically here and see if the program will respond to us so it gives us a chance to quickly mention uh for manhattanville they'll be taking on pitt bradford uh, well they were supposed to take on pitt bradford tomorrow they will not their next game is the 19th against mount st vincent then they get taken 10 days off they'll take on my alma mater goucher on the 29th and then come back in uh, to uh, conference play, not until the ninth. They got a couple of non-conference games before that, so we'll talk to Kate uh, Vlahakis coming up about her program. And then still remember, coming up, Oglethorpe's women's basketball coach will be joining us. Alex Ritchie talking about their big games against Hope and Calvin. Some big contests coming up midweek down at Oglethorpe. They got both Hope and Calvin on the black floor. That one's going to be fun to watch. You should tune in for that. Then don't forget Bob Quillman. Ryan Scott, join me here on the show to talk about, um, well, what are we going to oh, talk about the first six weeks on the men's side? We're going to talk about who we would buy and sell, maybe teams that they're keeping an eye on, and, of course, how we might see the top 25 breakdown tomorrow. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Yeah, so our jinx. We went about three, four weeks there with no problems. Finally got jinxed. Well, you know what we want for Christmas, folks, and that's a working uh, software. We will work to have that working by the time we get back from the new year. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we're live streaming on a new stream, which reminds me we should probably make sure that looks operational. Uh, we're also um, periscoping for the first time. We've now just started another Periscope stream, so I apologize to all of you who tuned in going, hey, what happened? We are up and running, I promise you that. Um, so join us. We'll uh, try and answer your questions as best we can. 
Now talking about another team that's a little bit off the radar or under the radar a little bit, but off to a program start. And this is what I like. It's when SIDs or whomever it was, I don't, I never got the answer. Somebody contacted and said, Hey, you know, you should talk about our team. Manhattanville's off to its best start in program history. Eight and O. Just had another thousand point score, by the way. You really should talk to us. And I said, You know what? You're right. We should. And so we will. Because it's another team in the, um, in the Freedom Conference that we haven't really had a chance to talk about. FDU Florham has dominated this conference for a number of years. That no longer is the case. DeSales has certainly been in that conversation. That's still the case. They're having a pretty darn good season. But Manhattanville may shake things up. So joining us live via the Skype window, which we're proud to say, is uh, Kate Vlahakis. Coach, did I say the name right? You did. You got it. <laughs> oh, one for me, ladies. Uh, welcome. Thank you for taking the time. Again, eight in conference, those wins in conference over Elval and Wilkes in your last two games by, I'm doing the quick math, 11 and, oh, you know, 23. you got to be feeling, I mean, obviously you're feeling good about how this, this season started because this is darn good. Yeah, you know, um, we're game by gaming, to be honest. Um, pretty young team, uh, you know, playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores, you know, predominantly one senior. So, uh, you know, I had – didn't know where we were going to be at at this point in the year. Um, the Mac is super strong, as you said. Uh, really, really good team. It's been like that since I've been in it. Um, so it's always a dog fight. Um, but, you know, to beat DelVal at DelVal is a hard win. Um, Wilkes is always in there. Um, so it just it never gets easier. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm good with them right now. Um, a lot of youth, um, some mistakes, but, you know, definitely, um, you know, hoping to, to kind of shake things up right now. Do, I don't want to play the game of, you know um... – What's the what's the term I'm trying to say? Uh, devil's advocate, or or to be negative in any way. But yeah. one of the cool things to talk about a, a coach with is okay, where do you stand on things? So my question to you is okay, what is what's the challenge, or or what aren't you doing well that this eight no maybe hides a little bit? We, um, we were a little bit more tested last year. I think um, you know we played Wesleyan last year and beat them on early, which was a pretty big win for us um, with a young team last year. Um, so, you know, definitely not super, super tested in the non-conference yet. We're going to play NIAC, a Division II team. So, um, you know, um, definitely that, that could be a little bit different. Um, but, you know, not taking anything away from what they've done either. Um, you know, they've, they've uh, you know, kind of come out defensively really well. Um, but, again, you know, for me it's kind of one game at a time and the scope of Division Three is so big. Um, but, I, you know, I really um, – I'm enjoying it with them. Um, I know DeSales is always top. Mr. Cordy is very good this year. Um, it's been like that, though, for seven years, you know. Um, it's always kind of um, the highs and the lows, and anyone can win any night. Um, and that's what I like about the freedom so much is that, you know, teams really always show up. Yeah, you've got an interesting schedule ahead of you. You're at Pitt-Bradford was supposed to happen tomorrow – that game's already been postponed uh, due to weather. That was postponed several days ago. By the way, just in hindsight, good decision? Yeah, I think so. Um, just this time of the year with the holidays and things like that, yeah. Yeah, uh, I know that's – Pitt Bradford's not the easiest place oh, no. uh, to get to, and a little bit of weather can go a long way. Yeah. Um, so then you're going to be at home on Wednesday against Mount St. Vincent. Take the holidays off. You're going to then play home against Mama Mater Goucher. Hint, hint, lose that game for me. Just <laughs> – <laughs> don't mind it. It's okay. It won't it won't affect anything. Okay. <laughs> then you're at Nyack, as you pointed out, then at home against John Jay, and then you get back into the freedom. So what is the goal here with these next four games, assuming Pitt Bradford doesn't get squeezed in there somewhere as well? 
what's the goal with these games to get yourself ready for freedom play? Um, I think winning some games at home right now, um, coming off the holiday, which I don't think is easy for any team, um, <laughs> which I think we all hate it the most. <laughs> um, so I think really being able to come back the 26th, um, you know, and come back kind of on the same cylinders that we're leaving on, um, which, you know, has kind of been challenging, especially with a young team. Um, they're not used to this kind of schedule yet. So I'm not sure yet. You know, I'm still kind of questioning them a little bit of how they're going to come back. Um, you know, Nyack's going to be tough. Um, they only just lost the pace by six. So, um, you know, we're going to really have to prepare for that, um, you know, uh, and kind of go in there and, and hopefully that can kind of test us a little bit before we get Kings at home, um, which has been a kind of a dog fight with us for the last few years with them. Yeah, uh, you, the conference is interesting. We talked about that. FDU Florham's been the dominating f- squad. Mm-hmm. Um, change of coach also takes three of his top players with him. Right. Um, I'm sure there was no um, tears shed by anybody <laughs> in the freedom about the those two facts. <laughs> yeah, But DeSales looks like a fierce team this year. He certainly has got a squad that's clicking along, uh, at least early on. Yeah. For sure. Um, they've, I think for me, I think the sales has been, I've been in this now seven years with this conference. I think they've been one of the top teams no matter what. Um, so I think that they're always, um, you know, last year was actually the first year that we beat them since I've been here. Um, so, you know, I think there's a little confidence with it too. Um, now. Um, so I think that, you know, um, I, they're always good. So, you know, I think they're always that good. So I think everyone else thinks they're really good right now, but I always think they're that good. So I'll give him credit there. Um, but you know, like I said, I think, uh, I definitely think being in this conference for the amount of time I have and understanding it, that, uh, it's really, it's really who shows up. Um, and it can really, you know, be any night of the week. Um, and it can be really be anybody and everybody's road games are really hard. Um, you know, I think that we're, we're, we're pretty tough at home, um, which has historically been how, you know, we've been, but I think that, you know, um, everyone, it just kind of, it has the dices roll kind of on that Saturday afternoon, how things can be. I was going to say, what do we make of the rest of this conference? The Commonwealth gets a lot of headlines sure. on the men's and women's side because it's darn competitive and it, it produces some darn good teams. Mm-hmm. Freedom doesn't get as much attention because it hasn't been as competitive. And I look at this going, okay, Florham's down, kind of expected that. Eastern hasn't been the same since Nate Davis left. What do I make of Kings? What do I make of Del? I, I feel almost a little confused looking at the Freedom. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, and, and I haven't been on the Commonwealth side of it. And I think that it obviously with, you know, Messiah, you know, kind of sitting at the top of that conference for so many years. But, you know, I think they've had their, you know, love values to be top 25 when, mm-hmm. you know, years ago. So I think it's the years and the highs and the lows and people going through everything and, you know, everyone's kind of going through it. Um, I do think the freedom, um, you know, with some really good teams this year, I think we've had really good teams in the past, though, too. Um, you know, so hopefully maybe we get a little bit more recognition this year um, with kind of what people are doing right now. Let's talk about your squad. You got three seniors on this team, and then I see a whole mess of sophomores and freshmen. <laughs> I think you forgot a class. I don't see a junior. I did. The juniors. <laughs> um, uh, did you take a year off uh, from recruiting, uh, coach? <laughs> work out, you know, with some kids the way it goes. But um, yeah, yeah, no juniors, um, and yeah, a lot of young kids, a lot of young, a lot, a lot of young players. Yeah. So how do, how does this work? You're off to this eight no start with three seniors, and obviously that's important. And that works, but how are the underclassmen stepping up into their roles, and 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 how is that kind of gelling with a senior squad that I'm sure is trying to to lead the way to some degree as well? 
Um, I think that we we started some of these these now sophomores last year. Um, so I think they got a lot of experience under their belt. Um, they played in some really, really tough Mac freedom games. Um, you know, so I think that they're, they've gelled a little bit. Um, I think actually our chemistry is better this year than it was last year, to be honest. Um, and I think that we have some freshmen kind of coming in and filling some roles a little bit. Um, definitely, uh, you know, a young team for sure. Um, you know, with three seniors on the team, um, you know, one that just kind of, um, scored a thousand point and is kind mm -hmm. of putting herself in a position as a senior leader. Um, but I actually like the chemistry of them a lot. Um, I like the youth of us, to be honest. Um, there's a lot that's going to be coming back, which is exciting. Um, but I think that right now, you know, they're just trying to figure out how to, you know, win together with the best, you know, the five on the floor always at the same time, um, you know, and, and who those guys are, no matter kind of um, whether they're freshmen, sophomores, or, you know, if it's a senior. You mentioned Kate, um, um, Kaylee McGuire, who is the, um, a thousand point scorer just got there. She's averaging uh, 16 points a game to lead the team. It's a sophomore though, and Sarah uh, Kotu, who's who's a sophomore at 15.3, 9.6 from uh, Ali McKaylee, who's a freshman. So there is that breakdown right there, just in the top. You've got that one senior who's really good, but she's relying on underclassmen to help her out. She is, um, you know, and sometimes, you know, a few years ago we. Uh... We had a really good run in the MAC. Um, we had three really good seniors, and it was a, no, not a lot of underclassmen. And this has kind of flipped a little bit um, in terms of you know where the production's coming from. Um, I kind of like it, honestly. Um, it, it shows that not one person has to do it, and um, I think for us, it's going to give us a lot of experience going into the future, um, so that we're not having to rely heavily so much, um, you know, on one class. And that these guys have so much game time experience underneath them. Um, you know, they they really had to step into roles last year, and um, you know a couple freshmen right now starting and stepping into roles you know Allie um, really kind of proving herself a little bit right now um, so young and dumb sometimes but also um, really fun on a good day looking at your roster one other thing that jumps out at me no surprise you got Maryland New York Massachusetts Connecticut Rhode Island pretty much players from that area doesn't shock me for your program but you've got uh, what one from Flor, two from Florida from Kissimmee and, and Boca Raton and then two from Las Vegas Nevada those seem very much like outliers. How, how are you enticing those four to come to Manhattanville? Um, you know, we've actually started to try to get out of state a little bit with the recruiting. Um, you know, it's tough in this area, uh, especially with all the schools and the state schools and the SUNYACs. Um, so uh, I started trying to get a little creative about our recruiting a few years ago, and um, we've had some nice production out of some kids out of state. Um, we have some kids committed for next year that are far out of state as well. So, um not going fully out of New York because, um, you know, obviously we are changing conferences next year too. So things are changing for us again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, definitely um, I think the out-of-state kids, um, you know, the, their job is really hard to come here. Um, and, you know, what they do and the amount of the amount of time they spend away from their families and the sacrifice that they make to this team. And I think it's really changed our culture a lot in a positive way. Uh, I'd be shameless not to mention, um, you know, if you want to help out with those Nevada kids, uh, you know, there's this event called the D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas yeah. every year. Love to have you. Just saying. I, trying to get their sophomore, so hopefully by their senior year is a goal of ours for sure. Sure. I can understand that. I, I realize you may need to go to Florida too. Um, <laughs> I got a question Gordon wanted me to ask you. Back, backing up to your point guard, Sarah uh, Kotu. Yeah. Um, he, this is his wording, so I'm going to take it. He, he certainly focuses more on the nuances of the women's game than I do, admittedly. He says, uh, shoots a lot, is very aggressive, 
Ask how you are tailoring the offense to fit that style, or uh, if you've tried to tailor to KOTU style instead. You know what I'm saying? Are you trying to tailor KOTU to what you're trying to do, or are you maybe twisting and turning things back to what she's doing in a different way? Um, I think uh, until Sarah, I don't think we had a true point guard. Um, mm -hmm. I think when I first got here, the kid we had who was a really good player, um, we kind of turned her into a one, you know, kind of took over this team in kind of a tough spot at the beginning. So um, it's been kind of nice having Sarah, um, you know, in terms of, you know, her ability. Um, you got to rein Sarah in a little bit sometimes too. Um, but I think that um, she's a kid that is very infectious to watch. Um, she provides you so much. And sometimes she takes a little bit away from you. But I think in terms of our offense, um, she's learned – to kind of adapt to the other people on the floor with her, um, which is something I think in high school and AAU she didn't really know how to do yet. She was kind of the center of attention. So I think here um, what's been more impressive about her sophomore year is that, um, you know, moving the ball a little bit better in terms of, um, you know, how she sees her teammates. Her passing has gotten a little bit better, um, which is something that we want to work on with her. Um, but Sarah has that green light to take that shot. She wants the ball in her hands. She is that kid as a sophomore. She was that kid as a freshman, and that's why, I, you know, I recruited her um, because she's kind of fearless in that aspect fascinating um so maybe a hybrid to that answer you there's yeah, a little bit of catering to her and a little bit of her. hybrid i've adapted to her i gotta okay you know i uh, i think with point guards uh they're extremely heady sometimes and emotional um and you mm -hmm. kind of have to learn to kind of um get them to play the way you want them to play too but also you know don't i don't want to confine her in so much all the time either well, that makes sense sure makes sense totally uh, it's fascinating how Okay, 8-0 starts great. It's awesome. Now the expectations have been increased, at least from the outside. Have yeah. expectations increased from the inside? Um, always. Um, my expectations are always increased. Um, you know, uh, I've had goals for this program since I got here, and we haven't, you know, we've hit some great ones. We've had some huge milestones, and, you know, obviously um, a championship is the goal that we're trying to get to, but we're going to do it in the right way and kind of the way that works for us. Um, and the expectations of us um, are, are high. I think it's hard to not lose a game yet because, you know, sometimes you just want to get the monkey off your back so mm -hmm. that you're not about it anymore um but i think there's also um you know people people give more credit to my girls than i actually give to my kids so um you know they are they're they're fun and they're special and i think that um they're going to take it one game at a time right now and you know they're just going to focus on the next game that we have on our schedule um you know and not look too deep into the mac right now and kind of you know um get our eyes too wide uh you kind of went in the direction i was gonna uh, gonna say um but probably said it better than i a loss is coming and I say that because I, I just don't expect teams to go undefeated. Uh, and we know it's happening on December 29th anyway. Yeah. Uh, but how do you either prepare a team for a loss or handle it after a start like this to go, okay, fine, whatever, move on? Yeah, so it was interesting. Last year we started out, we lost the second game of the season, didn't lose again until mid-January. Yeah. Um, and it was it was weird, and we had we were taken down. You know, we had finally beat the sales, and you know, we were kept kind of going, and then finally we stumbled. Um, and I think it's it's really hard, and especially with um, you know kids that haven't been in that situation yet. Um, I don't put pressure on them. Um, they have nothing to lose, and that's how I want them to kind of go about it. You know, they're they're proving people wrong, and that's kind of our motto. And you know, um, you know, failure is a part of this, and it's a part of the process. And the best teams in the country go through it. So, um, you know, I think that um, how we handle that adversity when it, you know 
when it does come to our way at some point, um, you know, we'll, we'll speak more about us than what we're kind of doing right now and how we kind of handle that. Uh, you lived in New Hampshire, interestingly enough, just talked to New England college head coach prior to you talking about all the snow in New Hampshire and how he's an indoor guy. Yeah. Uh, you went to school in St. Lawrence. That's not much better, uh, nope. in terms of weather. Um, and then you were at Framingham state, uh, prior to this job. Now you're kind of sliding South. Yeah. <laughs> better. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, a little bit better, I guess. Um, you know, I think, um, I definitely, uh, love the new England basketball up there and the New York basketball. Um, you know, when I took over here, we were definitely, um, you know, it was a little different than it is now. So I give all my alumni and my kids a lot of credit for the point that we're at and things that they've done. But, um, I think in terms of location, yes, I was, uh, 27 when I got this job and now I'm married. So things are a little bit different, but, um, you know, I think that this, this location's great. We recruit kids to New York city and, you know, Westchester County and the opportunity that they have. But, um, you know, for me, for, for weather purposes, uh, yes, way better. <laughs> Um, you mentioned the marriage and I wanted to bring this one up because it's an interesting uh, balance because, um, your wife is the head lacrosse coach at D2 pace. Yes. I won't go into the, into my, I'm a lacrosse guy too. Uh, I've called the last three women's lacrosse final fours. I think D2 is a interesting <laughs> dichotomy in women's lacrosse, it is. uh, in lacrosse in general. But how do you two balance that? Because when you're done, geez, not even when you're done, you're still in the heat of conference play when yeah. she's just getting things rolling for her season. So when you're done, she's in the middle of the heat for her season. How do you, do you see each other with the recruiting and the, and the <laughs> is there any time? <laughs> um, it's a great question. Um, no, but <laughs> we try. Uh, I think, <laughs> Maybe um, that's why it works. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's an interesting household. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we chase championships at my house. That's kind of what we say to each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome. She took over a great team last year. Um, you yeah. know, they, they've got a great program at pace. And, um, but I think in terms of our lifestyle, um, you know, it's a lot of conversations about getting recruits and losing recruits and yeah. being mad at our players and not mad at our players and the highs and the lows and, um, you know, celebrating the little victories. Um, I give us both a lot of credit for what we do. Um, I think we both have great teams and I think it speaks a lot to kind of women coaches and that you can do this and, you know, yeah. you can kind of make it work. So, um, we really pride ourselves in it. Um, you know, we talk about it, you know, we love it. Um, and you know, in this area, definitely, um, you know, a lot of our players actually, you know, Long Island kids and, mm -hmm. you know, mix. And, um, so I think that, uh, you know, we wish we saw each other more, <laughs> Um, March, uh, February gets really hard, uh, yeah. we're on the opposite schedules, but, um, you know, it's a support thing and, you know, she's always over here and I'll be over at pace in the spring. So, um, sure. it's fun. Our jobs are fun. So, uh, I got to imagine there's some jealousy too, because I'm sure there's at some point where she's like, I'm not allowed to go out and recruit anymore. Cause there's a calendar <laughs> in place and you're like, well, I'm going to go out and get some players. Um, at the same yeah. time that probably flips cause you'd probably wish you could be at home while she's not going anywhere. And then on the flip side, she's probably working with players when you really wish you could be working with yeah, players. Yeah, the D2 thing. Um, so she was actually at Manhattanville before she went to Pace. So she gets both worlds. Um, but the D2 thing is definitely something I've learned more about, um, sure. you know, in terms of the, the eight hours and what you have the ability to have with your players. Right. And there's also some really big challenges, too, that I think she faces. Um, but I think, um, you know, we're definitely um, – we get excited about it. It's, uh, you know, it's our girls, you know, we, our teams are kind of shared and we do that with each other. And oh, I think cool. that there's real power to it. Um, you know, and, uh, any female coach that, you know, wants to really take a stab at this and have a family and all that kind of stuff, you can definitely do it.
Well, really cool to chat with you, Coach. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, fascinating start to the season. Uh, I'm impressed, uh, to say the least. I think the Mac Freedom is going to be a fascinating conference to watch this season. Yeah, you got to give us a little credit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I'm I'm intrigued, to say the least. I'm glad whoever messaged me, I think it was probably Alex, uh, did so. Good luck. Uh, by the way, you plan to get the Pitt Bradford game back in? Don't know yet. We're not sure. So okay. um, next is Mount St. Vincent. So yeah. So you got Mount St. Vincent next, then Goucher, then Nyack. Obviously, we've mentioned that a few times. Good luck. Have a great holidays. We always have a tradition on the show. We give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in? Happy holidays, everybody. Um, for coaches, take a break, get a little breath. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, enjoy your seasons. And thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you, Coach. Take and thanks for coming on Skype too. Fun to see you as well. I appreciate that. Thanks. Take so much. care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Kate Vlahakis joining us here on Hoopsville. Great to chat with her uh, again. Pitt-Bradford game was supposed to be played tomorrow. That's been delayed. We'll see when that gets post put back in. Mount St. Vincent coming up on the 19th. Goucher on the 29th. January 2nd against Nyack. The 5th against John Jay. Then they get into conference play against Kings on the 9th. We're going to take another break. When we come back, Oglethorpe will go even further south. They got Hope and Calvin coming to the black floor. Yeah, it's going to be good. Listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. More Hoopsville after this. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this Sunday evening. Thank you for bearing with us on our challenges. Uh, technically, it looks like we're good to go so far for the rest of the night. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Don't forget, coming up, we got Buy or Sell uh, with Bob Quillman and and Ryan Scott. Uh to talk about men's basketball, we will do the same with Gordon coming up in uh, on Thursday's show. So don't forget about all that stuff. Hope you uh, are tuned in. 
I'm realizing our breakup in the broadcast has, has hurt us a little bit, but we hope you're enjoying it nonetheless. Um, so let's keep talking women's basketball. Switching sides, talking about Oglethorpe, a, a program that has certainly gotten our attention in the past, not only because of the black floor that they've got on the uh, court, <laughs> still one of the cooler things and maybe stranger things you might see in basketball. Last year, if you remember, when we had Alex Ritchie on the show, we talked about the challenges of scheduling. We talked about trying to improve one's schedule. His relationship with individuals like Brian Morehouse through stuff like Beyond Sports and et cetera. And he dropped a little nugget that Hope and Calvin were coming back, or coming, not, not coming back, I should say coming to Oglethorpe. They were going to make the trip uh, to Atlanta to play them at this point in the season. If you don't think I circled that note and made it a note in my calendar, you are nuts. Because darn right I circled that. And darn right I decided to figure out how to get Alex Ritchie on before they talked about it. He helped us out, I should add, by going and uh, winning uh, at this point. Now 8-1 with a win today against Guilford, 47-42. They have Hope, who's probably pissed off, coming into town. And then they got Calvin. So let's talk to him about it. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, it is the aforementioned Alex Ritchie. And, Coach, thank you for taking the time. Dave, thanks so much for the call. And uh, looking forward to talking about this great tournament we've got coming up. Absolutely. Uh, let's first, though, back up, talk about the season. Started with a win over Emory in overtime, 71-64. Not too shabby. Um, went to Alabama. Mary Harden Baylor beat you guys by 15. But that is starting to turn into and prove to be not so bad a loss to be blunt uh mary harden baylor is pretty special yeah that mary harden baylor team seems to be really putting it together uh after that though wins over covenant piedmont lagrange barry and then a, a win over t a pretty good guilford squad that's not that far removed from its ncaa tournament appearances you've got to be at least thrilled that you're eight and one at this point and that your only blemish is to what is turning into a pretty good mary harden baylor team you know, we're really excited with where we are. I think the most exciting thing about this group, though, is we feel like we can continue to grow and continue to get better. Um, we really haven't put together a 40-minute game yet, which is what we talk about with our group all the time, is playing for 40 minutes. And, you know, we really don't want to be playing our best basketball at the end of uh, at this point in the season. We want to be playing our best at the end. And I think these games, like the one we had today, where we didn't necessarily shoot the ball well, but you know, our calling card has been our defense and our rebounding. In the last two games where we haven't shot the ball particularly well, uh, we figured out ways to win. And I think that's a sign of having a pretty mature group. Um, this is a group of, that I've had four-year seniors. And, you know, we brought a lot of kids back from our uh, conference championship team last year. And they're just uh, really such a joy to be around and working extremely hard. And uh, I couldn't be happy for them for the, for the start that they put together this season and, um, you know, we've got big things, uh, big goals this yeah. year, and just want to keep pushing towards them. You've also had a wide range of games. You beat Piedmont 81-72. That's your most points put up, except for in a game against Agnes Scott, 78-37. Uh, but then you have a game like today against uh, Guilford, 47-42. Uh, are you guys more comfortable with a little bit more high-scoring pace, or are you more comfortable with a low-scoring pace? Well, I joked with my wife after the game, and I said, I don't know if we've been uh, a part of a game where we've won scoring 47 hmm. points. So that was a new thing for us today, and uh, we definitely like to get to a higher scoring and higher-paced game. Um, I didn't really think either team shot the ball particularly well. They had played uh, two days ago, and we just mm -hmm. got off the finals. So, right. um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. But you've got to find ways to win, and we always talk about – 
um, how defense travels. And even though we were at home, if we can stick to our principles defensively and control the backboards like we've been able to do the last two weeks uh, with a win at Barry and a win today, uh, we think we're a pretty good basketball team. So fortunately enough, we were able to, to, to get some good results and some close wins. And um, I think that builds a lot of character within your group when you've been able to go through some close games and uh, are challenging yourself on a schedule and playing teams like Rose Holman and Piedmont and uh, Mary Harden Baylor and, um, you know, today with Guilford and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously moving forward with the, the games we got coming up. You've got five seniors listed on the roster. Four of them play. Um, yep. But it's not a senior leading the way. It's your center, Savannah Legate, uh, at 14 points a game, a sophomore, uh, also hauling in eight rebounds a game. Uh, to add to that, by the way, nearly two two blocks a game um, to, to add to the uh, resume. And then it's Lauren Ransom, the senior, at forward at 8.3 points a game and also a block and a half herself, also a steal and a half a game. So you got an interesting scenario here where your sophomore, at least on paper, appears to be your main target despite the fact you've got quite a bit of senior leadership on the squad. Yeah, you know, um, Lauren started her career really as our focal point of our offense, and just her um, leadership for her to have the unselfishness to be able to share the workload with Savannah um, has been really, really uh, rewarding for me to watch up, up from afar because that's got to be tough when, you know, you're, you could be the superstar each and every game like she was her first two years, but the kid just values winning. And so I think that's a, a really high character aspect from a kid like Lauren and, and really her teammates as well. You know, um, when anybody comes into the program, you know, you obviously want to be competitive and some kids have to sacrifice roles and minutes, but we try to uh, explain to everyone that we don't necessarily care who's getting statistics, who's getting the minutes, who's getting the shots. We just want to get more than the opponent. And so, you know, we're playing, if you look at our box score today, we play 10 or 11 kids every game. Um, because of our style play and our expectations on the defensive end. And, um, you know, I'm really happy for this senior group. They've, they've had the bumps and bruises of the early parts of their career when we were building this thing. And um, to see, like I said, uh, the fruits of their labor, uh, you know, come come in their senior year has, has been really, really enjoyable for me. Yeah, certainly, um, you know, interesting to see how it's all worked. And, and sometimes the best seniors are the ones who understand that there's other players who can help them get to the goal that, that the team has set, that it doesn't have to be the seniors. But what really jumps out at me is that it, I think it's been, it's not that common to see your two main threats be the forwards. It, it, mm-hmm. We've gotten so much more guard play in college basketball. Granted, some of them are labeled guards. That's more on the men's side than women's. But you know, guards like you know, Temple Madison are the ones who are leading teams because they can put up points when they need. Certainly you need a, a person inside. But you've got two. You've got the center in Legate and you got the Ford in Ransom. That's got to be significant for you in the sense that double teams are harder if you've got both of them on the floor at the same time. 100%. Um, and, you know, it's funny. When, in the recruitment process in Savannah, and we brought Aus- uh, Audrey Burge with her as well, who's, you know, had a really good start to her career as a sophomore. And we've got another forward and a junior, Carly Dyer, who's had, you know, she started 50 games for us and mm-hmm. is coming off the bench for us this season. Uh, but between the four of them, um, you know, I really had to get away from what I had known before in terms of an offensive system. You know, I was a dribble drive guy, um, really guard oriented, perimeter oriented, but you know, you're not, I, I got to the point where I realized, you know, you got to play your best players together. 
And uh, so we developed an offensive system that highlights both um, Lauren and, and Savannah and gives our opportunity for our, our players to still play up tempo. And we've got a really special point guard and senior Bailey Charles. And now we have a freshman in Nikki Reed, who's, you know, off to a great start in her career. Um, so we, we want to have offensive balance, but we certainly uh, know that, you know, if we can put pressure on teams on the inside and collapse defenses, we want to be able to step out and shoot the three, which we shoot the three a lot. Um, you know, it's our, it's a big weapon for us, but mm-hmm. um, you know, to have that offensive balance in your system is really important. So that's something that we're still, still looking to, to get to. And um, you know, we've had some games of success with that. And I would say the last two, our shooters have struggled knocking some shots down from the perimeter, but like I told them today, even after the game, like I have firm and ultimate confidence in all of them, and I'll know I know that they'll be uh, knocking shots down here in the near future. All right, so let's talk what's ahead. Uh, this is something you and I chatted about, and certainly got me excited last uh, February, I think it was maybe March, when you mentioned that uh, you got Hope and Calvin coming to town. We again, you're friends with Brian Morehouse, um, and that's part of the reason you're able to pull this one off. But to get both of them down to one of my favorite courts in the land, not because of I've been to it, but because of what it looks like. It's odd. Um, it's tough. It, it, it's, it, it took something to get them both down there for this, and you've now got them there. Feels like the perfect opportunity against a, a Hope team that's that, that just lost big to Thomas Moore and a Calvin squad that hasn't been as strong as we've been used to. You know, um, I just got to figure out how to get you down here for this tournament. I should have just figured <laughs> that out. And- and work that out into the deal, but we would love to, to make that work. But it's going to be a great tournament, and it's so funny. I uh, got in the car after a win, and obviously feeling pretty good after you win a game in a tight situation. And uh, I immediately called Brian, and you know Brian and I talk every week. He's been a great mentor to me. Uh, you know our relationships. We took our wives this summer uh, on a Beyond Sports trip, and they've become friends. And it's just really special for a, a guy like him to take the time with a young coach like me and. I'm really excited to spend a little time with him. And, you know, every conversation that we have, we get to pick each other's brains. And, um, you know, we had talked even prior to the to the Thomas Moore game. And, you know, they're playing so well. And, you know, fortunately enough, we both have a good relationship with Jeff Hans as well. And so, um, you know, I knew that they were having a battle. And unfortunate for me that, uh, you know, Thomas Moore played so well against them because I know Brian's going to have his team really focused uh, coming into our game on Thursday, but you know we're gonna take uh, every every game as an opportunity for us to get better, and uh, we just want to continue to progress. And for, we really are gonna get to see where we're at as a program um, this upcoming weekend. And the other the other great matchup, um, we'll play Hope on Thursday, and we'll play Calvin on Friday. And Chuck Winkleman, uh, when I got the women's job at Oglethorpe, mm-hmm. was uh, the coach at Millsap. Right. You know he extended. Uh, you know. A helping hand to me, especially early on in my career, was so good to me. And so, you know, my first call was to Brian after the game today, and my second call was to Chuck. I'm just lining up practice times for them to come to Atlanta. And Brian's doing something really cool with his group. He's bringing them down to Atlanta, and they're going to, you know, experience the Southern culture that we have here. And I recommended restaurants and all did all that type of stuff. They're going to a Hawks game. And, oh, cool. Uh, it should be a really good uh, week for, for both of those programs down here. Um. I think Thomas, and a little warmer and a little warmer. Just sure. maybe, maybe. Let's not assume. I'm kidding. Um, Thomas Moore might be you're you might be the only place they're not playing this year. Um, I believe Thomas Moore is catching everybody else on their schedule this year. Yeah. Uh, what do you expect out of this hope game with the twist 
that Thomas More wiped their own floor with them by 20, and I'd argue it wasn't that close. Um, yeah. do, do you expect – is that maybe the worst loss you could have expected to see for Hope because now they may come in with a little bit of piss and vinegar? You know, um, I would say that Jeff's team is playing as good as anybody in the country. Yeah. Brian kind of knew that going into the into the game. And, I, you know, I, I'm a fan. I watch uh, a lot of these teams play and watch that game the other day. And, you know, Madison Temple was lights out. The other wings that, you know, he's got were lights out and made every open shot. And, you know, sometimes you just tip a cap to a team that they had the better day. And there was no yeah. doubt that Thomas Moore had the better day the other day. And, um, I'm for, I'm certain that Brian's going to have this group totally focused. Um, you know, they've got the culture. They've got the leadership. They obviously have the coach. Um, and they're going to come down focused. You know, we want to be playing team like Hope because we want to see where we are. If we want to be one of the better programs in the country, uh, we got to play and compete against some of the better programs in the country, and that's what I think we're doing. And um, I know my kids are really excited, and they're excited about the opportunity to compete against a great program like Hope. And I'm excited to compete against uh, my mentor and, and do that type of stuff too. So it should be a really good uh, matchup on Thursday, and we hope we can put our best foot forward. I'm looking forward to that, and, and obviously the Calvin game. But after that, you guys take a break. You'll take on North Park at home, um, and then you get into conference play. And obviously the bigger deal here is going to be conference play because that's your easiest avenue into the tournament. So all of this earlier stuff is is wonderful. You may get into the top 25 as a result of that, but how important is the SAA this season, and how difficult do you think it's think it'll be? Because the SAA seems to be a little bit of a revolving door at the top. Yeah, you know, um, I think uh, you've got a lot of really good coaches in the league um, who are going to have their teams prepared for conference play. I'm really impressed with uh, – Lauren Sumsky and, and her husband Chris is on the staff there at Rhodes, and uh, they're going to be really tough matchup. Uh, Drew Gang, I think, is as good a coach in the South region as there is at Hendricks. Um, and I know there's some other schools. Millsaps is playing really well. Centers is off. Centers off to a good start. Mm -hmm. uh, Birmingham has a ton of talent. So every night in our league, um, anybody can beat anybody. So you just got to be laser focused. Um, and value those games specifically on the road. If you can handle your business at home and then yeah. get some road wins, uh, you're going to be sitting in a pretty good spot. And so that's what we talk about with our group and our strategy kind of going forward. And, um, but I'm, I'm really excited for the improvement in our league. I think I'm really excited for the improvement in the South region in general. Yeah. I think there's some really good teams uh, playing in the ASC and um, the ODAC, obviously, USA South. So, um, I think it's really good for the state of Division Three basketball in the Southeast, and we just have to continue to play against some of these higher caliber teams to continue to build our reputation, and hopefully we can fare well, and um, that will be the only good things uh, for all of our programs moving forward. We should point out, um, you know, we said last show, we got probably four teams in Texas that are worth watching, in Austin, Mary Harden, Baylor, East Texas, Baptist, um, and then Trinity, Texas. I, I think you mm -hmm. can't you can't out. Um, you forget them, and I feel like I'm still forgetting somebody in that group. You, you've got what's going on down the South uh, with you and, and Emory, certainly. You've got the ODAC. It's a fascinating South this year, to say mm -hmm. the least. Uh, jumping off track a little bit here, Beyond Sports was announced as the sponsor of the All-Star Game, the inaugural All-Star Game in Division Three women's basketball to be played in, in, in uh, Salem, Virginia, this coming championship weekend. I know you've been involved with that. I just wanted to get your take on on not only the All-Star game finally coming to fruition, 
but the fact that a group that I know that you feel is important beyond sports um, being part of that. Yeah, um, big shout-out to our guy, Josh Erickson, at Beyond Sports, who runs that company. And they just welcomed their second child, and so big congrats to that family. They're just some fantastic people and have really enjoyed building a great friendship with him and his wife and have been able to be blessed to go on two great trips. And I told you, you know, I was able to take my wife on the second one. Mm-hmm. She wasn't letting me – she wasn't letting me uh, go by with uh, not taking her on the second one after I was unfortunately able to take her on the first one. But um, so we had a great trip with them to Italy this past summer, and um, you know Brian or uh, Brian was on that trip this past year with his wife, and Adrian Scheibels and I have been able to build a great relationship, and uh, Kristen Dowling and Stephanie Stevens at Gallaudet. It's just a really uh, really awesome group of people that we've been able to meet through that in this basketball community and um, to see Josh just help grow the game um, is really special and I know Pat Manning had a lot of uh, a lot of things to do with that but I got to give credit to Brian Morehouse as well who um, has been talking about this for years and you know spent some time talking with Josh and linking that up as well so you know I know he's kind of behind the scenes on that but he did a really good job as well in helping this thing progress to where it is and um you know it's just really special for these uh young women and throughout the country that are going to get this great opportunity um you know to play in an all-star game and uh extend their career a little bit more and um that's what it's all about right is having these experiences and opportunities for these young women that um you know are eventually going to be really successful in the next uh group of future leaders in in our country so um, that's just great, and I, I couldn't be happier uh, with this partnership that's uh, been now announced and, and is going to be great. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing how it comes together and looking forward to seeing the first game take to the floor. And uh, it's kind of cool that it, you know a different sponsor is how I would put that. It's not your traditional avenue uh, that's sponsoring a chip, and, and that's great to see as well. So, uh, Alex, thanks for taking the time to join us. Uh, have fun at least this week uh, with your yep. cohorts down there. Uh, in Atlanta, maybe getting them distracted with other things going on, on this week's a good idea. Just FYI, uh, for sure. You know, get them thinking about anything but you guys. <laughs> um, in the meantime, you know, we always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Yeah, Dave. Just thanks so much for obviously letting us highlight and talk a little bit about our program, and thank you for all that you do for uh, you know growing our game and and allowing us to learn a little bit more about some of these great programs other than our own and. It may not necessarily be uh, in our region, and I, you know, was obviously listening to the show prior to getting on the call and learning a little bit about Manhattanville and some of these other programs I don't get to hear from or see that much. is always really cool. So uh, just thanks for all that you're doing, and uh, hopefully uh, we get to talk again here soon. I agree. Well, thank you for the time. Uh, take care of yourself. Happy holidays, and uh, we'll talk soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Dave. Have a great one. You too. Alex Ritchie joining us from Oglethorpe. Team is 8-1. and one. Again, big games against Hope and Calvin coming up this week. Hey, you get a chance maybe if you haven't before to check out what the black floor looks like in a stream uh, there uh, with the Stormy Petrels uh, taking on Hope and Calvin this week. Worth seeing. Uh, that might be one of the reasons maybe that, you know, just maybe that we're doing a Thursday afternoon show this week. You know, just, just maybe so we can see the Hope game at 5 o'clock. Um, All right, going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll jump back into men's basketball, recap the first five and a half, somewhat six weeks with Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott. Also do a little bit of buy and sell with them uh, and get their takes on things as we look at the final top 25 vote of the 2018 side of the season. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. We'll be back with more right after this. 
I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction in knowing you made the effort to do the best of what Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, then I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division III school, you're primarily a student-athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. My name? It's Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. 
Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this show. We are back on the air with uh, the stream. We had a little bit of a hiccup there. Our Christmas wish for the show is we finally figured out how to get these computers to work properly. Uh, if you got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we're simulcasting the show. We're also on Periscope for the very first time. Seems to be working there as well. All that information scrolling at the bottom of your screen. So last week we dived into something a little bit new when Ryan Scott came on for the uh, Top 25 Double Take. And I thought it worked pretty darn well. Uh, we did a little buy or sell. It was something that we didn't technically see. I saw it a little bit ahead of Ryan, but we didn't let Ryan know what it was. I figured we're at that point in the season where we are just about six weeks in. We're about to take the holiday break. Maybe, you know, just maybe, we should try to get a recap of the opening season, maybe do a little bit of buy and sell. But instead of just Ryan, let's get our other good friend involved as well. Well, that person happens to be uh, Bob Quillman. So joining us on Skype, it's both Ryan Scott and Bob Quillman. And gentlemen, thank you so much. Good to see you, Dave. Good to see you, Ryan. That's right. Thanks. Uh, I was saying it's, it's a couple months early from when we normally do this, but it's fun. All right, so we have 19 pool C's. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, actually, uh, we'll have a pool B this year to pick. Just warning you all now. Not that it'll be that hard. I think we'll know where that one goes. Uh, let's first start. Uh, we'll do a little bit of the recap of the six weeks. Uh, just kind of get from these guys their take on who they you know jumps out at them or maybe isn't jumping out at them. Uh, we'll do a little bit of buy and sell. We'll also get a take on them from the top 25 this week. I don't expect a ton of movement, but there might be some. Um, but I want to quickly go back to what was a, another wild and wacky CCIW uh, night. And, and usually we're used to those in January and February, not late December. I think we need to start relabeling the conference. CCIW doesn't needs to be relabeled wild and wacky conference, maybe. Bob, I'll start with you because you're the CCIW king uh, to some degree uh, amongst the trio of us. First off, upsets, and second of all, a tough injury that certainly had some uh, ripples throughout the conference. Yeah, I would say first of all, you know, thoughts and prayers with Aiden Chang of, of North Central. Um, I didn't see the the injury, and I'm I'm glad that I didn't. But by all accounts, it sounds like it was awful, and uh, he's the heart and soul of that team. You know, he's the reason they won that game last night. Um, he locked up Aston Francis, relatively speaking. He's done that before. He's locked up a lot of great players in the CCIW. And it sounded like a horrific um, leg injury. And he had successful surgery today. Good. Just a pair of broken bone and, uh, and torn ligaments Ooh. and a lot of things. And, and so uh, that was an awful injury in the North Central Wheaton game. But Aiden Chang is uh, through surgery, and, and we hope that he's on the mend. And then, uh, yeah, unfortunately, my alma mater was on the bad side of a, of a really tough upset. You know, uh, Illinois Wesleyan comes in ranked number 15, loses at home to Carroll. And uh, it was a really tough game if you're a Titan fan like I am. And so it, it has been a wild CCIW season, Dave. Yeah. Um, I don't expect anybody to go into that conference undefeated. It's just because <laughs> it doesn't happen. But uh, last night was a quick reminder of that on any given night, right? Well, I don't think it's happened. I don't know the count now. I've lost. I think it's forty-two years. August, Something like that, yeah. Augustana went sixteen and zero somewhere in the seventies, mm -hmm. and I, it's my favorite stat with the CCIW because you have think of some of the the eras here. You had Jack Sigma, who was the eighth pick in the NBA draft, that mm -hmm. never went undefeated. 
You had North Park's national championship teams. There are five of those. Right. None of them went undefeated. Illinois Wesleyan's national championship team did not go undefeated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's hard to go through that league unscathed, and it's probably one of my favorite stats that, that talks about how strong the league is. Yeah, Augustana, uh, the year, what, it was the last game of the year against Illinois Wesleyan they lost? You are reversing the situation, my friend. That was the Illinois Wesleyan Titans that played. Oh, thank you. Yes, it was at North Central in Naperville, and the game went into overtime, and right. the Titans had a chance to make history and lost an overtime game. I thought Augustana though went late in the year and lost a game. Um, not in recent memory. Okay. They've been awfully incredible for the last decade or twenty years, but uh, they have not flirted with fourteen okay. and up, as far as I can remember. Okay, I, I'm. I'm at this point, it all kind of blurs together, which is why I invite you guys on sometimes to help unblur it a little bit. Um, with that in mind, let's quickly talk about what has jumped out of you this season, and we'll go into buy and sell. Ryan, we'll start with you. We kind of do this every week, but anything that's kind of jumped out of you in the almost six weeks that we've had here uh, about the season on the men's side? Um, just, I, I think for me, it's been the overall talent. Um, so many good teams that we're seeing across the country. Um, yes, there have been losses, but good teams are playing good games. They're playing each other this year, um, and just the the depth. Maybe we were awakened to it last year with Nebraska Wesleyan coming, you know, sort of out of nowhere. Um, but we just recognize how many strong teams there are that can be contenders. Bob? Yeah, same thing. I'll sound like a broken record, but the, the parity in NCAA Division Three. So if you look at Nebraska Wesleyan, as the number one team, I don't believe there's much separation between Nebraska Wesleyan and whoever that next group is. I think yeah. the WIAC teams are in there. I think Augustana, for me, is right there. Uh, Williams, the NESCAC, et cetera. Um, I would say that there's 15 teams that could win the national championship this year. So to me, it's all about the parity. I'd agree with you. As, as good as Nebraska Wesleyan is, as good as I think Whitman is, um, especially those two teams being so darn deep, you know, Whitworth, Augustana, uh, you know, the you, Williams, Hamilton, unfortunately not Springfield. Now I think that's what jumps out to me is how injuries have affected a little bit of this early season. Um, MIT has dealt with some injuries and aren't, haven't been at a hundred percent Springfield, obviously with Ross has been an injury story. Now we're kind of seeing that a little bit with Chang. You know, obviously we always deal with injuries, but that one's one of the topics for me that jumps out, and how much that has put uh, teams and and races and all that stuff kind of in flux. You can talk about you look at Nebraska Wesleyan last year wins the national championship. You know, we uh, we had a pool seat projection show, the three of us, and had Nebraska Wesleyan not won the IIAC, which is uh, no longer the name of that league, yeah. had they not won that. I'm not sure that we would have had them as one of our 25 because their uh, their SOS was yeah. under 500. It was like 494. Yeah, yeah. So you think of the margin of error here in Division Three. A team that maybe doesn't make it as a pool C wins the national championship. Yeah, uh, it is it is really tight. And and again, this is very different than where we were like 20 years ago. That's a tremendous point, Bob. Um, absolutely. And by the way, a little nugget that I I'm going to keep. Sp- putting out there like you know, a fly fisherman waiting to cat you know hit the perfect fish that discussion of win loss versus SOS is going to be very different this year we've already heard the hint that 0.03 to 2 games isn't going to play out so you know this whole year has an interesting feel to it um 
when we're gathered again in late February, maybe we're all uh, uh, hosting the Oscars for all we know. <laughs> uh, we'll, we're going to have some interesting conversations. So, um, yeah, let's let's turn this now into the buy and sell part, if you don't mind. Uh, I got I have a, a source who just puts together teams he thinks might be worth a combo. We don't have to take all of these, but there are certainly some good ones. I have promised you I've only seen the first two because they were on the sheet when it opened up. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll go. So just basically a buy or sell. The buy is either the team is um, uh, over, you know, playing really well out of the gates and you think are going to continue to play well, or maybe they're struggling, but you're buying in that they're going to come back, if that makes any sense, that we're still talking about them in February, maybe March. The sell is they're out of the gates really well, but there's no way they keep this up, especially when they get into conference play and we're, they're maybe not going to be a factor. Or sell is they have really struggled out of the gate and you're not, we're, again, we're not going to see them at the end. Does that make sense? So it's basically buy is, yeah, we're going to keep talking. Sell, we're not, depending on their circumstances. For the regular listeners, this is where Dave takes a relatively simple concept. And yes, re- it makes it completely a mess. Yep. Rules. Buy, yeah. sell. I'm yeah. good, Ryan. You good? We're good. No, I, we yeah, can I buy, know. we can sell. Yeah. All right, we're going to start with St. Thomas. 8-1. and one. Beat Stevens Point just the other night, last night. 4-0 and oh in the MIAC to start. Have won eight straight after losing to Brooklyn to start the season 78-77. Obviously, they get into the conference play, and it's nitty-gritty in January and February. Uh, Bobble, because it's left to right for me. We'll start with you. I'll say bye if we're talking about the bottom end of the top 25. I think St. Thomas is a candidate to be in the poll, maybe 24-25. That's where I'd be comfortable with them. So I'm going to say buy. Ryan? Yeah, uh, I'm going to be buying as well. They looked awfully good last night. They've been getting better as the season's gone along. Um, they got this freshman, uh, Anders, uh, what's his last Anders Nelson, who is a really strong player, and they're putting the ball in his hand more. He's running the point for Tower as a true freshman, mm. which surprises me a little bit, and it means uh, I think he's got some room to grow, and they're going to get better. Uh, I'll I'll give you that. I, I'm a I'm a soft buy. I'm a little nervous, but when John Tower is a head coach, I don't ever want to overlook a, a squad when he's in charge. He's done so well, so I'll buy. I just I get nervous because I think you know their dominance in the conference hasn't been there as much as it used to be. But that's a hats off to the rest of everybody else, not to St. Thomas. I should point out by the way, folks, I have not told these guys who these teams are coming up, so this is fun. Just kind of going off the fly here. Um. This one's interesting. Worcester, 7-1, and one, lost to Wabash back on the 8th. Um, there are four games that are key. they got Whitman, Solross State, uh, Ohio Wesley, and New Jersey City. Um, here's a question from the person who put this together. If buying, will they win those games? If selling, is it because you think they'll lose? Who's going first, Dave? I'll go Ryan. We'll flip it. I am going to sell on Worcester. Okay. Um, I think they're better than I thought they were at the beginning of the season, but still, I'm, I'm not sure that's enough to, to make a real difference. Um, they play well. They're always really well-disciplined. They they hold on to the ball. I really wish we could be doing this after the Whitman game, but <laughs> I'm not sure Worcester has the pace or the depth to, to hang with Whitman in a game like that. Yeah. Bob? I'm going to buy on Worcester because... Ooh. Dave started this show, and I was his guest, and he was on AOL Instant Messenger. We were buying. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I bought stock in Worcester and Walmart back in 2000, and they're both still good today. And Worcester <laughs> is always good, and they always get better as the season goes on. They're 
as well coached as anyone in Division Three. They have a young team, and uh, I'm buying on Worcester. Um, um, nice reference. I, I by the way, uh, miss AOL Instant Messenger. It worked very well for the show. Me too. Um, I'm selling. Um, I don't think they can get through this gauntlet. Uh, they may get one win out of that group, and maybe I'm being a little harsh with it. Uh, but Whitman, Sol Ross, Ohio Wesley, New Jersey State, maybe they get a split, but I, I'm selling. And and I just I think the luster has been gone. But Bob, you make you make a good point that they've been consistent. Um Scranton, seven and oh, fast start. They will cool off, maybe. Will they cool off in conference play? They got some decent mid Atlantic wins. Widener Cabrini. Uh they did lose to Stevenson. York's win now eh, maybe isn't as great. Could go undefeated. Uh, into 2019, potentially. I will add they got four guys in double figures as well, and we'll start with Bob. Scranton, strength of schedule per Massey, number 200 Ooh. in Division Three. Put Scranton at Illinois Wesleyan schedule, and they have four losses right now. I am selling on Scranton. Sorry if you're a Scranton alum. Uh, there's a lot of people who might start throwing things at you. Uh, Ryan? Um, I'm, I'm going to buy, maybe not for a national picture, but... Um, for sort of a down mid-Atlantic region yeah. this year, uh, it's a strong team. They're really young. Uh, Coach's son, another freshman that we're looking at uh, across the country, um, Ethan, I think, Danzig. Um, really <laughs> strong player. Him. They're going to get better. They don't have a super difficult conference. They don't have no. a super difficult schedule. I think they can have a good record. And, uh, you know, the team's well coached and, and maybe give somebody a challenge in the first round. I will buy that they're going to probably get some top 25 love and more of it. I'm going to buy that they're going to probably at least reemerge out of the Landmark Conference, though we all know the Landmark has never lived up to its hype or what we expected out of it when it formed. Um, but I'm kind of with Bob a little bit, too. I, I don't sell that this is a national power. Um, I think they just happen to end up in the top 25. Um, this one's going to sting a little bit. Illinois Wesleyan have lost three straight in the CCIW. Uh, arguably, Rose is a good guy, good guard, but Francis is absolutely outshining him right now out of Wheaton. Uh, tough hit time to hit a three-game slide. Um, Bob, uh, by the way, they're number 10 on my top 25 from last week, and I'm very much considering removing them. Bob, I'm going to start with you since it's your uh, alma mater, sir. Disclaimer, I, I've been a chat board poster with the handle of Titan Q since 1998. Um, I'm going to reach over here. I've got a piece of the Fred Young Fieldhouse. Floor, oh, nicely done. And I run a Twitter handle that's at IWHoops.com, and I was the color commentary voice for WJBC for 10 years. So I'm, I'm not neutral party here. Um, unfortunately, this week, uh, and I'm a top 25 voter, I'm let's close your ears, Titan fans. I'm selling on the Titans wow. for this week until they can uh, learn to cover the guys that are shooting the basketball. <laughs> um, you know, had they won the game, had they won the game last night, you know, you, you say to yourself, look, they played right with Augustana to the final seconds. Yeah, they yeah. lost to Aston Francis at the buzzer, and otherwise they're whatever in two. But you lose to Carroll, you lose three in a row. And, uh, at home. Yeah, at <laughs> home. And so I'm not going to vote for the Titans this week, but I tell you what, I'm going to hold a long position in Illinois Wesleyan, and we're going to see where this thing goes in, in mid-February because, uh, to be honest, guys, they're, they're as talented as they're probably like top seven, eight talented. They just have had a lot of defensive problems, so we yeah. will see where this goes, but I'm not voting for it, I'm telling. Sorry, Ron Rosen. <laughs> Ryan. So I will uh, – I'll surprise everyone. I'm buying. I still wow. think they're, they're going to figure it out. Um, like um, – 
Bob said there, Wheaton and Augustine, the performances, they were losses, but I thought they were pretty good. Carroll is just unexcusable at this point, but, you know, it happens from time to time. I'm a big fan of Alex O'Neill. Um, I think he's going to be one of the best players but in, uh, in the country by the time that, that his career is done. I think he's got everything it takes to be a really good big man, and uh, he's going to figure it out. They've got this Whitman-Stevens point thing coming up on the schedule that will be interesting, but I still think we'll see IWU there at the end of the year. That's the great thing is that, you, you know, the, the, the fact that they play Stevens point and Whitman here in the next couple weeks uh, we'll get to judge where the Titans are. And in the meantime, uh, Ryan, I'm going to send you this piece of the Fred Young Fieldhouse floor <laughs> that you have bought on the Titans. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> By the way, uh, we got a comment from Jay Cozen regarding our Scranton comment. It says, Ronk just broke his computer screen with Bob's comments. <laughs> <laughs> Ronk being a huge Scranton fan. Hey, at least you're undefeated. I mean, you play yeah. a terrible schedule. At least you're undefeated, Scranton fans. So it's all good. Right. I also apologize to anyone that loved the, the show, The Office. I think that was set in Scranton, so I don't want to offend anybody at this point. Thank you. <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm a soft sell on uh, the Titans. I agree. The loss to 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 Carroll, I think, was inexcusable. The fact that it was a battle was 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 surprising. Um, I I just I don't know what's going on. I, I just feel like you're right, Bob. It, the defensively, they're just breaking down, which is surprising. I'm a soft sell. I'm also a soft sell because I am not a fan of the gray uniforms. Um, they, have a, they had an alternate uniform last night. They, they wore gray uniforms. I remember a day when even the, the non-alternate uniform was not very good at all. So to have an alternate now, this is a very fancy day. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're throwing everything into the, at the works. Um, all right, Oswego State, 9-0, and still undefeated. Um, at 4-0 in the conference as well. Wins over Nazareth, Geneseo, Brockport. Of course, remember, Brockport beat Plattsburgh. Uh, next up, they got Emory on the 29th and Denison on the 30th. Uh, Ryan, start with you. Uh, I'm buying right now. I voted for him last week. I'll be voting for him again this week. Um, some of those wins looking a little different. Nazareth got crushed today. Yeah. Uh, not sure what to make of that that game because Nazareth, Nazareth brought everybody back from last year, and that was a really solid team. So not sure what's going on there. It makes Oswego look a little different, but I, I'm still buying them for now. Great coach, um, strong strong roster. I think they brought in a transfer who's starting, um, shooting the ball really well, spreading the floor. Um, they've played every game well. They haven't had a, a week outing yet which to me at this point in the season speaks volumes i'm buying bob uh strength the schedule let's talk about this one guys 306 Six. it'd be hard to have a strength of schedule any worse than that without being in high school at this Ooh. point so um guys it's just I'm got here. hot in here and i am selling on oswego state and i would like to see them come into let's say wisconsin whitewater and play a game so for now i'm going to go with a little Midwest D3 bias Damn. and sell. Of course, Oswego doesn't have to go into Whitewater and play until, you know, the Final Four. So right. <laughs> uh, Out east, they, they, they drive the limousine up to those schools and take them right on to the Final <laughs> Four. So that's great. That said, I do know how difficult it is to get in and out of Oswego if there's a good uh, nori or a good uh, winter a lake effect storm going on. Um, I'm selling, too. Jason Leon's going to kill me. Um I, I'm. They, I've seen this before out of them. Great start, fizzle at the end when they get into conference play. I I want to see more before I'm willing to buy. I I'm just. I've gone down this road. I'm not convinced. Okay, great, they beat Brockport, but that was before Brockport. 
um, beat Plattsburgh. So I don't know what to make of that. They did uh, beat Nazareth, but as you said, Ryan, Nazareth game means nothing now. The Geneseo game doesn't mean anything to me. Um, I'm selling for now. That said, Jason, you still have a wonderful wife who is very pleasant, and we've discussed that before on the show. Uh, here's a good one, a little bit different. Wesleyan, they're 5-3, and three, one of the top teams from last season. Obviously one of the teams you were watching in the NESCAC, but slow start. Losses to Nichols, which not bad, but Eastern Connecticut State and a loss to Williams. They've got Plattsburgh coming up in Miami later this week. Bob. I am buying, and they're going to win that game against Plattsburgh, and we're going to be talking about them. I am buying Westland. Uh, I did not buy them last year, and they lost three players to graduation, so I'm still pretty skeptical of Wesley, and I'm going to sell at this point. That conference has just gotten better, and I don't think they have, so I'm not sure how they're going to make it out of there. Uh, I love my father dearly. He's a Wesleyan grad. I'm selling. I, I just don't see it coming together. Um, I think the Plattsburgh game is going to be telling, but I am also starting to not be as high on Plattsburgh. I haven't really been on high on Plattsburgh to begin with. So, um, I mean, I got them in my top 25. I just don't have them in that top 15 group that I think is the, the, next, the top tier. Uh, a couple more, and then we'll be done here. Uh, Loris, 8-1, one, one four straight. Uh, obviously, you have a win over Augustana. Interesting enough, they have a win over both Augustanas this year. They beat D2 Augustana as well. Uh, they have Whitewater on the 21st. The big one that is circled on the 5th, Nebraska Wesleyan. Ryan? You're letting me start. I feel like yeah. Bob had some really great things to say about them at the beginning of the season. I'm, I'm, uh, I think Loris is good. Um, this is a tough one for me because I'm not sure they're as good as, as maybe they've come across. Um, Whitewater coming up, I'll be really interested to see how they perform in that one. But I think I'm going to sell at this point. Um, you know, if they're playing Scranton schedule, maybe I'd be buying. But uh, I don't know with what they've got. Bob. Well, first of all, like I've done the last 15 years or so, I'm going to clean up some fake news from Dave. Uh, they, have not, they have not played Augustana Division II. Um, I did? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I had them exhibition. down for that. It was an exhibition. They beat them in an exhibition game. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't count the exhibitions. So I know, but it was good to fodder here. Come on. <laughs> like in real games, I'm saying like, <laughs> guys, I'm, by, I'm driving – the the bus. I'm driving the Loris bus right now. I'm I'm yep. buying, and I'm telling you that they will be an elite eight team this year. They are they are they have no holes. They are they have everything you want in a team that could go really deep. And I'm buying on uh, on Loris. Wow, we'll give you that. I I do think they are a team without holes. Uh, I want to see a little more consistency in play. Uh, some of these games have been a little too close for me. I've watched a fair amount because they're on pretty late. Um, I, I want to see him play a little more consistent. And to be fair, they actually did beat the Division II Augustana in an exhibition, and that's a big deal. So uh, I just think they're really good guys. I, think, I, I know that the kids they recruited out of Chicago that are playing for their team and other places, they are legit. They were recruited by a lot of guys, and they are talented. I'm, I'm buying as well. I, I like what I see in Loris. Uh, yeah, they lost to uh, Dubuque, but come on, it's a rivalry game. Um, I, I like what I see in Loris. Elite 8? Call is is interesting considering how the bracket could be formed. Um, they may, you know, they may have to run in Nebraska Wesleyan um, for all we know, just because of geography. But yeah, that's a, that's an interesting call to be sure. All right, last one. I'm going to give you gentlemen. If they run, the bigger what? question: if they run into Illinois Wesleyan in order to get that far, what Bob will think then? That's 
I just, you guys play the tape back when they get to the Elite Eight. Just let's have a little feature on the show where we say, this is what Bob said on December whatever today. Let's do it. We'll also re-air the tape where he sold on his alma mater, just for the record. Thank you. Um, last one. I'm going to give you a choice. A team that we've talked about over the years in New England or a team we haven't talked about out of the SCAC? Uh, I don't want to talk about the SCAC, Dave. <laughs> I don't know anything about either one of those, but let's just roll with it, Dave. Why don't you just tell us who we're going to talk about? All right. We will go with WPI, 9-0, and beat Tufts and Salem State. They've got Maryville, MIT, Babson on the horizon, and Ryan, and because you didn't want to talk about SCAC, I'm making you talk about WPI. Okay. So, um, great coach. They've had a good history of being quality team. They've got some wins um, that look okay uh, so far this year, but the schedule has been... I'll wait for, for Bob to bring up what their strength of schedule is right now. <laughs> He's been doing um, that as you've been talking. <laughs> yeah. I, they have not played anyone even remotely indicative of anything. So I'm going to sell for now, but I have a feeling in the back of my mind they might actually be pretty good. Um, it's a tough conference they're in, so they have to be good if they're going to come out of it. So for me, I'm just going to say that uh, I know that we pronounce it Worcester Poly, not like Worcester Poly. So that's a thing. I, you from you do eat Worcestershire sauce, right? Worcester. So Worcester Poly. Um, I'm going to buy on WPI. I voted for them last week, actually. Ooh. Sometimes you take a little bit of flyer on a team. Now, again, their strength of schedule is 281. So all of the good people in Scranton, and wherever that other place was that had the awful uh, strength of schedule are going to be mad at me right now. But I'm Oswego. actually Oswego, sorry, Oswego fans. I'm going to buy on WPI uh, for no good reason other than I know how to pronounce her name. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> um, I, I want to buy because I want a really good burger at Mr. Bartley's Burger Cottage uh, in the, the brother of the head coach of WPI's uh, establishment in Boston. But I'm a little bit of a sell. Uh, I don't think they've played many. You know, Tufts isn't the team we thought or has been. Salem State's nothing to write home about. Maryville's not going to be much of a team to talk about when it comes up. Babson, okay. But it's at MIT and it's Springfield who I think is going to really ruin WPI's day. And WPI hasn't shown that they can go the whole season, no matter how hard, hot a start has been. I know that's the past, but that's where I got a base on. So I'm a bit of a sell. On WPI, I'm going to throw this one in because I wanted to anyway. Louisiana College, seven and one. Oh. Uh, can they keep it up? They're four and zero. Oh, and I said SCAC. I was mistaken. They're ASC because I'm just yeah. running okay. out of brain power tonight. I um, thought you were going to throw Johnson and Wales Denver at us, and I was a little worried. Oh no, I wasn't going to throw them to you, <laughs> Bob. I'll start with you. Louisiana College. I, I did kind of look into them a couple days ago when someone asked me a question about them. You know, interesting start. They got some decent wins in there. But what's your take? You know, I'm going to buy on them, Dave. I really like their point guard, their two guard, their small forward, their power forward. and their, um, I think they pass the ball really well. They share it well. They shoot it well. They defend well. I'm going to buy on Louisiana College right now. Folks, that is slang for Bob. Didn't have an answer, and he just decided to cover all his bases. Well done, sir. I like him. Ryan. Um, I'm selling. Yeah. I, I think there's a couple other teams in that conference that I, I like a little bit more. Maybe they don't have the same kind of record. Um but I, I just haven't seen enough out of Louisiana College just yet. I want to. I want to see a few more ASC games. Yeah, same with me. I'm selling because I want to see more games. I seen. I think there's teams in there that are going to give Louisiana College a wake up call. 
Um, so I'm selling Louisiana College. All right, on that note, we wrap up buy and sell. We'll get back into this. We'll do this every f- few weeks. I think it's actually kind of fun. Get both your takes. goes a little longer. That We'll find a way to trim it down. Um, but I don't want to leave you guys without getting top 25 points of view from guys who are going to be uh, hitting the, the ballot here shortly. Um, wh- who, what do you think we see? There weren't a ton of games. We do have a lot of games coming up. You know, does Illinois Wesleyan drop out of the top 25, for example? What else do you guys see? Uh, Bob, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, I think uh, Illinois Wesleyan, again, uh, probably drops out of the top 25. I think one game could make a huge difference, and losing at home to Carroll is maybe different than losing on the road. I think the Titans probably do fall out. I think you've got to sort out the order in the, the Wisconsin Conference. I like Oshkosh as the highest-ranked team there. I like Whitewater as the second-highest team. Mm. Uh, you got to figure out what to do with Stevens Point after the loss to St. Thomas, of course. And you've got to figure out, I guess, the NESCAC. Williams seems like a safe top pick, but Hamilton's right there. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. And, I'm, and I've got Loris, again, because I'm driving the bus. I have them a lot higher than everyone else does, but that's just me. <laughs> Ryan? Uh, yeah, I was surprised going through my ballot today that some of these teams that lost this week, I did not drop as far as I expected. Um, I, I guess maybe I had them a little m- more well-placed. Um, that our overall poll does in my mind, which makes sense because it's my poll. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure Illinois Wesleyan drops all the way out. They lost half their points last week. Um, 200's a lot to lose. Uh, maybe they'll go all the way. The one big thing I'm looking for is what happens with Rochester. Um, I'm not sure that that one loss is going to make as big a deal, um, but it really could. So uh, that's the one I'm looking at to see where Rochester ends up. The other team I think uh, could be higher than even 10 is Marietta. Like if I look at Marietta right now as a team that could be nearing the top five. Now it takes some losses probably to get them up there, but I think they're really good. I've watched them three times and I'm really impressed. So, you know, we'll see where they shake up. Yeah, I've had them in the, the top 10 the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, I think that, that they're they're really good and it's a lot of its chemistry because it's a lot of the same talent they had last year and and they're just playing together a lot better 17 points i think illinois wesleyan may lose out of the poll for me i (laughs) i might pull them um yeah it'll be interesting to see where iw i bob i I agree with you about the wyack except i don't agree with you whitewater i think point may be better than whitewater but that's just because i'm I'm waiting for whitewater to show me a little bit more I'm, i'm kind of lost on Whitewater. Um, I'm going to be yeah, moving what? Loris up. I actually made a move last week. I moved Augustana ahead of Whitworth last week after Augustana's week, including the win over Illinois Wesleyan. I, I think Augustana's a deeper, more threatening team than Whitworth. Whitworth, I'm worried about their bench. Um, I don't Whitman. see my... What? Whitman, Dave? Whitman? Uh, Whitworth. I moved Whitworth. I moved Augustana to two, Whitworth to three. I've got Whitman sitting in five. That's Gosh, interesting. Gosh. Okay, I like Augustana as uh, like number two, yep. like lock solid number two. They look great right now, and I, I, they're another team. You talk about like all the pieces. There's no gaps. There's no problems. I think Nebraska Wesleyan's one, and Augustana's one A in my book. Yeah, I had Augustana three for a week. I I, I think it came off the loss. Um, actually, after the loss, I moved him up because I dropped Whitman. Everybody lost that top five except for Nebraska Wesleyan for me, and I, I thought Whitman's loss was worse. But when I reevaluated and looked at Whitworth and looked at Augustana, as good as Whitworth is, I don't think they're as deep, and that's why I did move Augustana to two. I don't see myself making any changes until I get down to Stevens Point, and I've got them in the eight hole. 
I got to reassess that. But then I've got teams that are floating high that I feel nervous about. You know, listen, Marietta's good, but I'm nervous about them. MIT hasn't been at 100%. I feel like I'm overselling Wittenberg. Is St. John's really good? You know, it's amazing how you get to that 10 to 15 slot and then everything just kind of blows up and, and becomes a, whoa, a mess. Well, you get paid the big pull bucks, Dave. That's oh, why. yeah. Why you're the host of Hoopsville. Basically. And I believe, I believe Dave promised a blog explaining his ballot this week, too. So yeah. got to think about that. I'm kind of in trouble on that, aren't I? Best thing about Dave's blog is is that I love taking pot shots at it, even though you I'm do. not again. I just I like to kind of take little jabs yeah. at full. So I can't wait to see that come out, Dave. Thank see, you. See, here's the best part: you do that. I just know the entire time you agree with me. I do. <laughs> I like to poke the bear a little bit, Dave. Sorry. Hey, gentlemen, I really appreciate you coming on. This was fun. A longer segment than I thought, but it was fun and I enjoyed it. Uh, we'll do it again in the future for sure. Um, it is the last time we'll have you guys on before we take a break and the holidays, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll give you guys the final word. Ryan, we'll start with you with the final word. Um, I, I just want to, again, draw attention to what happened, uh, not just the injury last night, but the way that both teams responded to that. Um, it's a scary thing to see somebody get hurt in that way, especially when you're a fellow basketball player on the court. And it was visibly tough for all those guys, but um, the way that the whole community came together and then they helped him out and, I believe I saw on Twitter that Aiden Chang made it to North Central practice today. So uh, best wishes there, and, and hopefully as a, a full recovery. Wow. Made it to practice. That's, that's stellar. By the way, again, to reiterate, they basically took shot clock violations, both teams, to run the clock out, um, which is stellar in my opinion as well, that both teams just like forget it. By the way, North Central did not sub in for Chang either. Yeah. They they – Played four men on the floor just as a, a, a tribute. I, I I don't want to bang the injury, but I've used the reference that reminded me of the Louisville injury from 2013. Um, I just don't remember the guy's name. But, yeah, hats off to both programs. Bob? Yeah, same thing. Uh, last night was one of those moments where uh, you, know, you realize there's a lot more going on than, than just uh, conference standings or wins and losses and stuff. When you, when you see a kid that gets injured, injured in that kind of fashion – um, and you see how both teams handled it. You know, I saw a lot of photos from the game, you know, the kind of the prayer huddle with both teams puts things into perspective. I think that both teams handled it very well. And, and uh, Aiden Chang has already been tweeting today. And um, like you said, Ryan, it sounds like he actually went to practice today. It'll be kind of an inspirational thing for the North Central Cardinals the rest of the way. And uh, it's just something that puts it in perspective. So uh, I, I look forward to seeing how that plays out. Agreed. Gentlemen, happy holidays. Thanks for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Dave. See you guys. See you, Ryan. All right. Thank you. See you guys. Ryan Scott, Bob Quillman joining me here on the show. Nice to have both of them here with us tonight. With that, we're going to wrap up the show a little longer than we expected. Technical difficulties as well. By the way, WPI, I still want to get a nice Bartley's burger, so please don't hate me for that. And um, with that, we'll sign off. Thanks, everybody, for coming on. For New England College, Charlie Mason for appearing on the show. From Manhattanville, Kate Vlahakis. And from Oglethorpe, Alex Ritchie. And, of course, the Sports Information Directors, Nicholas at uh, Oglethorpe uh, at Manhattanville. I want to thank Alex and his staff and at New England. Um, oh, I knew I was going to do that. There was going to be that one SID I can't memorize a name for, and now i got to look it up. Um, Kenneth. Kenneth at New England College. Thank you for your help. And with that, we'll sign off. We'll be back Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern. We will do this buy and sell with Gordon Mann. 
Uh, it'll be pre-taped. He's not available on a Thursday afternoon. But 2 o'clock Eastern, we'll have more guests. We'll have Gordon Mann do a, a buy and sell for us, and we'll get you wrapped up from the first six weeks of the season. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Of course, our thanks to the Women's Basketball Coaches Association and the National Association of Basketball Coaches for their assistance as well. You've been listening to Hoops Hope. If you have any plans to re-air this in any way, shape, or form, we don't mind, but please just contact us so we can formally thank you and give you permission as Hoopsville is owned by Hoopsville, Dave McHugh, and DMAC Productions. With that, have a good rest of your uh, evening and enjoy the week of basketball ahead of Christmas. Good night, everybody.